What's happening, you fab bastards? This is Mike. And this is Jim, Prince of Podcasts. All right, and you're listening to Podcast Croissant. <laughs> ah, I'm feeling great. I feel great. <laughs> How do you feel, Mike? Um, COVID finally caught up with me. COVID is not so funny now, is it? No, so many things aren't so funny now. I found a photo of myself from two years ago. It was February 2020. Actually, while uh, while we're in the States, ready to see Mr. Bungle. And mm. I'm drinking a Corona and I have a photo of myself with my Corona and make a little joke about, oh, I hope I don't get coronavirus. And, uh, yep. Two years later. Yep, finally. Finally got me. We don't talk about Rona, no, no, no. Hey! What? <laughs> a few podcasts ago, we were talking about your hometown of Summer Bay. Do you remember? Yeah, yes. And we've just had the devastating news that after 37 years and 9,000 episodes, the Australian soap Neighbours is ending. Yeah. Neighbours was my first experience of Australia. Oh, yeah. My mum would yep. watch it twice a day. It, it, religiously in the afternoon and in the evening. The same episode. So I was well. going to say the same episode or yeah, the, yeah. The, like an yeah, old repeat. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, but listeners may be thinking, why in Patton's name is Jim talking about an Australian <laughs> soap on a Faith No More podcast? Yeah. FNM fact. Uh, mm. I remember watching Neighbours and getting very excited to see a real thing tour poster. On Bronwyn's Wall. Bronwyn's Wall? Yep. Wow. Many years ago. And this is how sad I am. Mm-hmm. I've actually like been on the internet to try and find the exact episode, <laughs> but I couldn't, couldn't find it. Sometime between 1998 and 2000, Toadie, Rebecca, you know Toadie? Yeah, 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 of he course. He worked at a radio station. Yes. And he had an Angel Dust poster in the wall of the studio. Sick. Yes. And I remember vividly seeing it and going nuts uh-huh uh-huh and of course you know the faith no more were very big in australia so why not why not indeed have you ever met anybody from neighbors have i no i'm just gonna say no you live in summer bay so you've seen plenty of those guys but have you ever met anybody from neighbors oh, how long before it fin- what they need to do is do a crossover episode I- have they never done that can't now because Neighbours is, 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 is ending. I know, After but they could only... years and 9,000 episodes. They could do like a weird crossover and then blend them like and then the, perhaps... Like the, the Aussie soapy-verse. Yeah, like the... The multiverse. The, the multiverse. Like, do they actually yeah. interact? And then, you know, some of the, the finer folk from Ramsey Street may perhaps choose to move to Summer Bay. Surely it's been thought about. I've met loads of Neighbours cast over the years. Okay, here we go. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, really. Yep. I really? have. I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, I once sold some ecstasy tablets to Mark Little, who played Joe Mangle. No way. Yeah. We got high together. Sick. <laughs> I once DJed with Dr. Carl Kennedy. Yeah. He did a tour of walkabout pubs playing his guitar in his little band. Uh, and do you wow. know what, do you know what his, do you know what his stage name is? Oh, hang on. Dr. Carl Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. The dude who played Cameron in Neighbours owned a pub in Camden. And we used to go play there every now and again in the early 2000s with my band. I, you're starting to make me feel like this isn't made up. It's not made up. All these are true. <laughs> All these are true, motherfucker. 
I, I sincerely, when you said uh, I've you're met expecting anyone this, this is going to be yeah. some quirky story that leads into the uh, the podcast topic, isn't it? That's what you're thinking. That's what I was. Well, I, either that, or it's just some of your random shit that you put together. <laughs> but when you asked me if I've met any of the cast, I I wanted to ponder it for a moment and think. Have I met anyone from the cast? I sort of met Natalie Bassingthwaite once. She was in Neighbours, right? Anyway, you continue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Songs to make love to. <laughs> That's, that, there you go. That's my funny story leading into this show topic. But good, eh? You can tell we haven't, we haven't been here in a while. <laughs> <laughs> show topic. Oh no, see, it's not show topic. No, see, it's something else. <laughs> I, if you if you had nothing, I was just going to mention that we have daylight savings end tomorrow. And even though I'm sad, daylight savings ends. At least we get an extra hour's sleep, so we get a really extra easy Sunday morning. Ah, uh, uh, yours, yours were much better. Yeah, mate. you're welcome. <laughs> Welcome, beautiful people, to Podcast Croissant, the Faith No More podcast. In this episode, Mike and Jim will be exploring and devouring the songs to make love to EP, featuring Easy, Dust Shoots and Fest, Midnight Cowboy, and Let's Lynch the Landlord. Stalk us on our socials and spread the love. Podcast Croissant is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember, you can always send us a sexy voice memo, raunchy nudes, or erotic Mike Patton fan fiction to podcastcroissant at gmail.com. Any housekeeping, Jim? I'm going to have to perk this up, aren't I? Because I'm talking through a, a. You can hear uh, this. No, this COVID. You COVID sound like noise. Mike Patton <laughs> on the, the Real Thing album. Eh. Uh, now I sound like I've been playing uh, a lot of um, Mario Party on our Nintendo Switch. It sounds like Waluigi. Eh. Uh, all right, <clears throat> all right. I, I, I can't I've, do I've the locked, entire I've episode I've locked, with this. I've, lo- I've locked Mrs. <laughs> I've locked Mrs. Brown out of the room by putting a, a bike up against the door and she's, she's, she's trying to get... Why are you here? To give, give you a beer. Oh, he brought me a beer. Oh. Yeah, I'm on the beers. I'm drinking a beer. Oh, look out. Oh, look out. He's um, on the tinnies. Oh, it's been a while since we did, did an episode on the tinnies. Well, I'm doing them on the tinnies right now. It's a tinny as well. All right. Nice big, big fat tin of San Miguel. Um, exploring the world since 1890. Very, uh, very amber in flavour, the San Miguel, isn't it? Um, brewed in Northampton. I thought it were like a foreign beer. I, th- I thought it were like Spanish or something, San Miguel. Got any housekeeping, Jim? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've extended my list of cartoon characters I would like to make love to. 
So if we oh, remember, great. guys, we spoke on last episode about cartoon characters, which I found sexually attractive, and the list included Jessica Rabbit, She-Ra, mm-hmm. and... Hollywood from Cool World. Ah, that was thank the name you, of Hollywood, the, uh, yes. The little, yep. little blonde one. Yep. Uh, so my now definitive list I've made also includes Daphne from Scooby-Doo, Spider-Woman, April O'Neil from the Teenage Mutant Ooh. Ninja Turtles, okay, yeah. Gem and all of the holograms, <laughs> Princess Jasmine, um, Bo Peep from Toy Story, and Smurfette, because I kind of like my girls blue. <laughs> And that's all my housekeeping. <laughs> wow. All right. Thank you. If you can think of any um, cartoon characters you would like to sleep with, then please do email us on podcastcroissant at gmail.com. And we will include your email within our cartoon characters I'd love to make love to section of <laughs> Section the of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any housekeeping? Uh, just my- that, just that I need to revisit this uh, pop and pluck thing that I brought up with the the oh. bass guitar. I, yeah, I yeah, blew yeah. it last episode. So there's this thing I do when I look, I, I li- listen over the podcast episodes. As I'm listening mm. through, I hear myself making a mistake, or I s- make a claim where I think, "Oh, yeah, I'd need to double check that, fact check myself." I do so, and occasionally mm-hmm. I get more information, or I, I, I sort it out. Uh, mm-hmm. And then last episode, I had received a text message from Rick, uh, the bass player of 8BC. Shout out, Rick. Love to have you Love on the show. the show. And in my notes, I had basically just written the note to remind myself to bring up that he had told me that the terms aren't um, pop and pluck or whatever. So, I wrote pop and pluck. And so, when I corrected myself last episode by saying, it's actually this... All I was doing was actually saying, it's actually this, the very thing that I said last episode, and I'm still incorrect with my housekeeping. So, I was incorrect last episode again. So, you corrected yourself in last episode's housekeeping. With the same but incorrect, you were incorrect with, with the, the same Yeah, incorrect with an incorrect correction. Correct. Wow, wow. Uh, basically, so, what is it then? You slap with your thumb and you pop with your finger. Right. You slap with your thumb. I mean, it's slap yeah. bass. You slap with yeah. your thumb. Slap. Yeah, yeah. Pop, pop with your finger. I feel like it should be. Um, what was? What did I say? Then this should be a bonk or a. I don't know. Whatever. But <laughs> that's it. Let, let, let's move on from that one. It's your emails. It's your emails. It's your emails. No, look who's written in. It's Chuck the Bone. Chuck. Chuck the bone. Chuck the bone's back. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's and us. we've got Laura Lancy Mackey and Anna Starnell. So go. that's three that's three three jingles. <laughs> this episode's gonna be super delayed. <laughs> uh, so I'm just reading through the emails, Mike. Yep. And did I apologize we've got a lot to anyone? Jingles to write. We've got a lot of jingles to write. All right. Do you want to go first? Start from the bottom like we do? Uh, yep. Ivan. So, first one is from Ivan Batchvanov. <clears throat> Getting good with these accents, don't you think? Getting good at uh, you haven't pronunciation done one. You of uh, foreign words. I'm going to get good with these accents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. What yep. are you doing? Yep. Hello, Jim, John, 
Uh, where would you say Ivan Batch for office from? His subject says for your new music section. So I think he's about to offer some new music. Hello, Jim, John, Mike. It's in alphabetical order. Do not, do not overanalyze. I'm going to overanalyze this. So it's got mm-hmm. me first, then John, then you. Yep. And uh, we, all, we all know who's the award winner on this podcast. It's in alphabetical order. Do not overanalyze order. it. Don't overanalyze it, Mike. Long time, no right. I'm sure he wrote last week. It's been a little while. I've got something for your new music section that you may or may not have considered. Tim Smollins of Estradosphere fame is putting out an album with his High Castle Teleorchestra Band. A first one in 16 years. Bear McKinnon will be in it. So this is pretty huge for Mr. Bungle fans. Here's a link to a cool video on their Kickstarter page. P.S. One. A correction, if I may, to Mike, who said that Patton's vocals on Crack Hitler sound like Les Claypool on Tommy the Cat. Well, the part I remember as it, it were a miracle. Shut Tommy the Cat. As he's, he's pointing out that it's Tom, it's Tom Waits. Waits. Yeah, we know it's Tom Waits. We know. He obviously didn't listen to his last episode. Yeah, come on. Oh, mind you, when did he send this email? Keep up. Well, he does. He mentions Tom Waits as a big Primus fan and also on their anti-pop album in Coattails of Dead Man. So appreciate that. Good little bit of it, yeah. little bit of extra input. While Les Claypool reciprocates and has played bass on numerous Tom Waits albums since the early nineteen nineties. There you go. Didn't know that. Cool. You know Tom Waits played Renfield in the nineteen ninety two film Dracula. Yeah, you mentioned that. What's PS two? He did. He did. He do that. He did that. Otherwise, uh, PS two. A correction to Jim's pronunciation of the name of the Italian Elvis Adriano. Celentano. It's spelled Celentano, as in chocolate, not Celentano. Yes, we know. Yeah. Oh, I God. Someone's not listening to the last episode. just rehashing shit from our last episode. 24,000 back here from yours truly, Bachi. Oh, that's sweet. That's oh, 24,000 kisses. Is that what 24,000? I never thought about that. 24,000 Bachi. Bachi, Bachi, Bachi. Yeah. Right. Nice one, Ivan. Cheers. Love you. Love you lots. Host of the podcast, Mike Fact. Did you know that my niece's middle name is Bachi? Your niece's middle name is Barchi. Yep. That's nice. Yep. Little Layla Barchi. Love to have you on the show. Fucking Layla legend. Layla Barchi. Love to have you on the show, Layla. All right. Uh, where are we? Matt Whittle. Subject. Matt Whittle. Little, oh, Matt Whittle. Just little Matty. Subject. Recommended FNM content. Hi, lads. In case you're not already aware, there's a couple of great detailed FNM related audio interviews behind the Patreon paywall for Tim Heidecker's Office Hours. The main one is Dean Mentor. Lots of detail I personally was previously unaware of regarding his FM life. The other is with Greg Turkington's, aka Neil Hamburger, wife Simone, who is a massive bungle FM head. She goes into detail She goes into detail about her connections with the two bands. Anyway, just thought it might be new content to check out and recommend on the podcast. Yes, you'd have to pay to access, but I highly recommend you do. This is the only Patreon I subscribe to, as the main show is hilarious. Plus, you get extra series, such as the one featuring the aforementioned interviews. Be excellent to each other. Matt W. Thanks, Matt. Ain't your, ain't your mate mates with her? Yep. Ain't your mate Jerry mates with her? Yep. Well, we've got, yeah, got a couple of friends that are friends with Simone, actually. I'm. I'm. I, I met Simone at one. Oh, you've of met the, Simone, yeah, you? I met her fleetingly at I bet one you of offended the her, um, didn't you? bungle shows. I think in LA with your uh, in 2020 crude Australian when, when, when manners. When I saw Jerry, Jerry said, "This is Simone," and I said, "Hi, Simone. 
I'm Mike. She said, hi, Mike. Nice to meet you. I said, nice to meet you. I think that's kind of it. It was loud. It was nice. At the end of the gig, were you like pissed and going, Simone! Simone! (laughs) No, I found out her surname surname first and then yelled out. Oh, is it? Wait, is it Turkington? I don't know if her surname's Turkington, but if it is, I was just yelling out Turkington just because that's the joke. If anyone doesn't know the story of me yelling out for Scott Ian and yelling out Ian, that's that's what that's about. Yeah, wife's an idiot. Don't know what she's doing. What are you doing, wife? Tell her we're talking about songs to make love to. She don't believe me. She don't believe that we do a podcast about Dash Shutton Fest. Are you actually? Yeah, she likes that one. It's my favourite one. Really. Okay, we've got an email from Laura Lancy Mackey. Now, did we say that if Laura Lancy Mackey wrote in, we had to do a jingle? You or was said that, that. Someone else. Yeah. So does that mean we have to do a jingle? Uh, you're setting this up right now. Well, there we go. There was there was Laura's Lancy Mackie's jingle. That was great. That was great. Yeah. We're getting better at these jingles. Yep. Hi, Mike and Jim. I was about to writing anyway, <laughs> but I would be absolutely honoured to be part of the elite podcast croissant listeners who have their own jingle. Well, that's it. We have to commit I'd consider to it. it. Yep. <laughs> we have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd consider it to be one of the highlights of my life so far. <laughs> Fair enough. Right after being married to the love of my life and being the mum of two beautiful daughters. I can't wait to play it to my friends. Oh, the eye rolls will be, I will be getting. I'm sure someone else said it was the highlight of their mm. life. To have a jingle written by me. I and think they. they've all said it. Yep. The translation of the Finnish title of Adrian's book, Cat, is something like Jester Kings, Fools Kings, Kings of the Fools. Uh, it does sound like a Nari Kuring Nari Kuring Cat. Yep, that's it. As Jim was so happy to speak about Here's another F and M tidbit. They are Finland's first hardcore funk punk band, and I think at least Mike Patton and Bill Gould are fans. Back in 2015, when Faith and More were playing in Provinci, a festival in oh, Finland. You could at least try so people can get some context of what's being said. Sina <laughs> Joki, Finland. Sure. It was how he was told that the band arrived. I've had a couple of beers, so oh, these pronunciations yep. are not going to happen. Like, the festival yep. with a private plane, so they could be there in time to see the uh which was on the smallest stage of the festival. Okay, I'm going to say that Tervit Cadet or Cadet. That's Tervit Cadet. Is the first hardcore, Finland's first hardcore punk band. I think that Mike Patton and Bill Gould are fans. That's them. Yep. Yep. That's them. On topic. Easy. I think Easy was the face for, was the face for. Oh God. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I think Easy was the first. God, you're a lightweight. F&M song I, he- I heard. You're on your second beer, in- aren't you? 90- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
this odd compli- complication CD called Hitty Boomy was out in Finland on all the other songs are more like Eurodance, but track four is easy. Can I just... Said, uh, I'm not reading this for the mic. No, no, I was going to say um, that I'm sure everyone listening right now has no idea what just got said. <laughs> I think Easy was the first Faith No More song I heard back in 93. This odd compilation CD called Hitty Boomy was out in Finland. I just was going to add, Laura, if you could provide translations when you have a name like Hitty Boomy. It means smack my ass, baby. It means hit bum. Hit my bum. I wonder why there were so many versions of Easy. One of my... There's only two. One of my Angel Dust albums. Yes, I've got four, plus the Ambler's sampler. No, there's two. I'm sure Jim will tell us that he has all 170 versions lifted on Discogs. All right, I get it. I get it. Um, Has... I've got quite a few of them. Has got one that starts with Patton saying, turn the lights out, baby. This one's for the leaders in the house. I guess it's the original. It is. Also, the bass line on this one is much simpler. The original version can be heard on the very... Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I've got my... These are just going into all my notes, actually. Okay, cool. All right. And then on the Spotify, the deluxe version... Has a call of it. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. yep. Keep moving yep, then. Yep, the easy yep. music video is mentioned. I had my eyebrow pierced, but it was a few years later in 1996. You missed the bit. The easy music video is mentioned in a Finnish book by. Uh, right. <clears throat> the easy music video is mentioned in a Finnish book by. Uh, <laughs> equals pierced, which is about the history of piercings in Finland. You don't like the Finnish. I do like, I like the start and the finish. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> the Finnish book by Juni Hockenen. Look, see, that's going to be a shit pronunciation. That's what I said. It, yeah, I mean, it's a shit pronunciation, but at least people have something to attach to. This is an audio podcast. One of the things that started the piercing trend was Faith the Mars video Easy, playing on the TV around 1993, which made many people want to get a similar eyebrow piercing the Faith the Mars singer Mike Patton had. Yes, that did to me. I too had my eyebrow pierced, but it was a few years later in 96. Midnight Cowboy. I'm had to say I've heard Midnight Cowboy live as Faith the Mars started their show in oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, no, fair enough. Illusory uh, rock, rock. A festival in Finland in 2010 with Patton on the melodica. There's even a video from that on YouTube titled New Intro. I'm not sure if the person who uploaded the video thinks that it's actually a new song or if they're referring to Faith and More switching from Reunited to this silly, silly people. This particular show was the last time I saw them live. It's been way too long. I really hope I get another chance to see them live again. So do we all. Yeah, yeah. Incidentally. Laura. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Let's Leash Landlord. What's going on during the guitar solo? The drums there sound a bit odd. Like there was an extra pair of hands on the higher hat and his pattern messing with Puffy. The bass line always kind of reminded me of Deep Purple's Black Knight. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yep. I said in my last email that Jim has mentioned therapy quite often. Oh, but you mentioned them as a band. I mentioned the therapy thing. Therapy? Mm. Faith No More was supposed to play in Helsinki this summer with therapy and Ugly Kid Joe. Therapy? They are still looking for a replacement for Faith No More, but I'm not sure like it's going to happen anymore. Although I'd love to see therapy, therapy? live again. Really looking forward to hearing the next episode. Keep up the great work. I hope everyone's safe. 
Uh, it really isn't a good time to be living next door to Putler. <laughs> Putler. Do you get it's it? Good, Hitler yeah. mixed with Putin. Right. Okay. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Stay safe Thanks, out Laura. there. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, thanks, sorry. Look who's written in. I'm so excited. Check the bone. Check the bone. Check the bone. Check the bone. We don't need to do a jingle. That's the jingle. Yep. I like the title of his uh, email as well. Greatest of all podcasts. The GOAT. Appreciate that. And, and Jingle, Jingle of the Year. J O T Y. That's good. It's good. Oh, am I, I re- I'm reading this. I thought you'd want yep. to because you were so excited. Uh, oh, well, here we go. Hi, Jim and the three mics. I think if you were going to satiate or sate, depending on what word you prefer, our Mike and Jim, Jim and Mike debacle. Hi, Jim and mm. the three mics. Combining your thing with my thing, I think- it's really clever what your thing in the thing then. what Sea Dog here has done, and incidentally, that's what he's written here. Sea Dog here, smiley face, and yes, my name does rhyme with an instrument I play. Use nailed it. I've made a jingle for your award-winning podcast, and if you don't like it, give it away to Michael Peter Balzari. That name come, that's come up before keeps cropping up, doesn't it? Yep. And apparently, especially in these April Fools episodes. <laughs> yeah, which we missed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because Mike's got COVID. Yeah, due to, due to COVID. Regarding pets, many years ago, mm. my then girlfriend, now wife, had a lion head goldfish named Mr. Bungle, and as a surprise gift, I bought her a little sucker mouth catfish. The next day, Mr. Bungle was found dead with half the sucker mouth catfish inside its mouth and the other half outside of it. We then gave Mr. Bungle a send off by playing the song Epic before respectfully disposing of it. Cheers. Yeah. Trombone playing sea dog. There you go. I knew he played trombone. Chuck the bone, play the trombone. Right, he's got a jingle. That is just simply the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. That is amazing. Can we make? Can we leave that in? I'm not even mad. The, the podcast. Can we? What can we? What can it be? <laughs> Nothing. That's it. That's the only time it ever gets played. No, it was insanely good. You can keep oh, it. It's thanks, an MP3. Chuck. It's all yours. Make it your ringtone. I love it. Love it. Thanks. Thanks, Chuck. <laughs> that was good. Thanks, Chuck Tabone. Good to hear from you. Yep. Next thing. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. Bit, still a bit slow. Yep. Right. Uh, next email. Mark Raysburn. Hey, Jim. Mike, Mike and Jim. Oh, yeah. Cool. These are getting more ridiculous. As You as started the, the whole thing. I was always fine with the way it used to happen, but. Love the show. Never miss an episode. After much consideration, almost 30 years, and after listening to your breakdown of Jizzlobber, I've finally come to the realisation that Jizzlobber is, in fact, my favourite track off Angel Dust. It has everything a Faith No More fan fan would want from a Faith No More song. But that's not why I'm writing in. We have a problem. 
the very first time I heard Jizzlubber back in 1992 as a wholesome young man in my mid-teens, it was a little thing that caught my attention straight away. A little thing I always look forward to whenever I crank up Jizzlubber. But since that day, I haven't once read or heard anyone or anything ever mention it. Uh, am I putting enough expression into this email? Yeah, it's good. At least people Is it will just me hearing hear things, I wondered? No, it's there. I'm not imagining things. But why has no one ever commented on it? Fast forward 29 years and finally podcast, croissant, anoraks announced that they're going to break down each song of Angel Dust on its very own episode. And I thought, yes, this little anomaly I noticed for the first time I listened to Jazz Lover would finally be discussed or at very least addressed. That was my Mickey Mouse impression. Alas, it was shunned, disregarded, ignored, side-eyed, Superman flying over your head, memed. What? So what is it? It is. What is it? What is it? It's it. What is it? Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Okay, so time signature, two minutes, 57 seconds. While Patton is singing the line, my time is spilled milk, he changes his growling tone to finish off the line without taking a breath. And I thought it was the coolest fucking thing I'd ever heard come out of the man's mouth. Insert a Mr. John's massive pun here. Uh, To say I was disappointed would be an understatement. I spent all day in bed the next day. Granted, I was on the piss the night before and I was sleeping all day. But still, Mike, do your thing. Play it. Acknowledge it. Let Jim comment on it. And finally, my 30 years of anguish can be over and I can rest in peace. I'm not dying. Don't worry. Cheers, Mike, Jim, Jim, Jim and Mike. Mark Roburn via Wexford in Ireland, a.k.a. Mavant-Garde. I think we did talk about what a fucking awesome line it is. Like, one, it's the best, one of the best screens Mike Patton's ever done. One of the best lines in the song. He changed While Patton is singing the line, My Time is Spill Milk, he changes his growling tone to finish off the line without taking a breath. And I thought it was... So when he goes, My Time is Spill Milk. I, I don't think I specifically highlighted that, even though I kind of did have it in my notes. But I think I talked more about the... I did, I did talk about that, but he's talking about the my time is spelled mer- the, the two minutes and 57 seconds. That's right when Patton goes, spell Merrill. That Merrill sounds like a record slowing down or something, which does sound amazing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mark, you've just pointed it out. You've just highlighted it to all the, um, hang on, just let me check. All the 34 people that listen to the episode. Mm. Are we up to 34 listeners? Wow. It's really grown since the awards. Yep. Oh, there was awards. Yep. It, it's the yep. it's the tone when he because he's. I've got one award sat here right next to me. Polish it every day, and then my second award is in the downstairs toilet. What? Welcome back to the Poddies. My name's Stephen Beans. I'm your host for the Poddies, which is happening now. Our next award is for Best Accent by a Podcast Presenter in the Podcast Presenting Accent category. And the nominations are... Mr. John, Podcast Croissant for his fabulous accents, including the one I'm doing right now, and an attempt at speaking German and Hungarian and some other languages... 
and just generally using problematic jokes from the 90s in a modern context. Jim Brown for his uncanny resemblance to a Yorkshire-based Jack Black on steroids. His ability to say hey like a Faith No More sample from a long time ago. They're a band that people might remember if they're old and have grey beards like all of we do. Arthur Two Sheds Jackson for his expert portrayal of the Australian character from the Faith No More podcast, Mike Two Laptops Hayes. And there's only one Mike, because that's not a thing. Sue Denham, also from the Faith No More podcast, which is called Podcast Croissant. You may remember it's named after a croissant. No one can remember why. Mr. John figured it out once in about 2008 and then banged his head. Anyway, Sue Denham gets a nomination for her Texan accent, her ability to change her name, and for never existing in the first place. And the winner is... Mr. John from Podcast Croissant. Well done there, Mr. John. Yes, that's an award for you, for your accents, and your ability to come up with things which are quite funny or silly and odd and strange and jarring without actually containing any planned punchlines you may have written in advance, you lazy, fat Scottish bastard. Hi, uh, yeah, well, no, but this is really like, weird. I, I don't usually win anything. Um, I'm, I'm one of life's losers that just happens along and falls into things like relationships and homes. Well, that's the same thing. Anyway, um, I want to th- thank everyone for all their help. Um, I suppose I should thank the two other presenters on the podcast whose names I won't put in any order because that might you know, assume some kind of preference, which there really isn't. I resent both of them equally. And I want to thank uh, my partner for staying out of the room and not shouting and swearing at his Nintendo Switch while I'm trying to record. And uh, yeah, of course, I want to thank uh, Jim's wife, your fucking mouth get me wife's name out your fucking mouth you better get back into character Arthur alright mate <laughs> alright next email mm from Doug. Doug es- Why is Doug Esper writing in? He has his own little section on the show. Why is he writing emails in? <laughs> That's like Mr. John writing us an email. Subject is serious liar, liar accusations. Oh, this is when I made that comment about liar, liar last episode. Dear Mike and right. Jim, in inverted commas, dear Mike and Jim, Jim. as a host of the liar, 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 liar podcast, we spend twice as long talking about the movie Liar Liar than anyone else. I was informed of your blasphemous comments regarding the 90s classic Jim Carrey film. I don't know anything about your weird band or why you were throwing cheese, but I do know Jim Carrey <laughs> and I know Liar Liar. That's a new thing, Mike. The three Jims. So like me, Jim Martin and Jim Carrey, the three Jims. New thing. Oh, God. You, you can have your thing if I can no, have my no, thing. No, mine's a thing. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> Jim isn't telegraphing to the audience that he's telling the truth because he has to. He's telegraphing to the audience that he that he has had a big revelation about growth and priorities and love and about telling the truth and it just hit home. Don't expect any more emails. Yeah. There's that scene where he goes, I really wanted to see Max today. Was his name Max? Max? Max a million! 
It was Max. I've seen Liar Liar once. Yeah, his name was the kid's name was Max. It just came back ago. to me now. Last episode, I said, "Let's pretend his name's Jim." <laughs> I just yeah. couldn't create any more names in my head. But uh, yeah, and then he says on the phone, "I really wanted to see Max today," and he goes, "How about that? I really did." Mm. Yeah, and apparently, well, I'm just in case anyone didn't listen to last ep- that that one's for Ivan, mm. who doesn't listen to episodes before writing in. Uh, don't yeah. expect any more emails from me, so don't go making one of your themes because after trying <laughs> to listen to your podcast, I won't be back unless you talk more trash about liar liar. Douglas Esper. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Love to have you on the show, probably in the form of a chuck stop, which you- I'm not sure whether Doug actually does host a Liar Liar podcast, or that's a bit uh, Mr. John there. It is a little bit of a Mr. John approach. Considering he mis- misspelled mm. Carrie for Jim Carrey, I'm going to guess that that was just a bit of a joke, but who knows? All right. We've got another email now from, from Doug oh, Esper. you want to read this one because you saw that it's short? <laughs> yeah. Dear Mike, in inverted commas, Jim, I always thought the I'm ready to make a commitment, I'm ready to make love to concrete was about suicide. Like jumping from the courthouse roof after sitting through a trial and hearing the verdict. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's quite, quite a good viewpoint. I like that. Or as Jim mentioned, the guy who has been caught jerking off is so embarrassed he's prepared to die rather than feel the shame and embarrassment at that moment. That's good. That's clever. Yes. Have you heard the podcast about Liar Liar calling you guys out? Yeah. I don't, is this actually the real podcast? I don't know. There's like a podcast metaverse thing going on, multiverse thing. Next email. Oh, you, there's another jingle going on here. Tana Maria Starnell. Oh, jingle city, baby. We're going to be jingle right this episode. Right, we're recording this on April Fool's Day, the 1st of April, 2022. So we'll see how long it takes for this episode to go out because of all the damn jingles and all the damn editing we've got to do. We're already so delayed with recording as well. Yeah, because someone's got COVID. I went back to the office. I went back to the office and had no free time and we kept putting, I kept putting us off. And eventually we had something teed up. And on the day that we were going to record a week ago... You had some um, logistics issues. I had a domestic issue with my wife and she told me I wasn't allowed to record. I'll call it logistics. Yeah. And so we didn't record Mm. that night and we're going to record uh, two days later. And then I had Mm. a horrible night's sleep and felt really ill and wrote to you and said, dude, I got to put this off. I'm not well. And then within 24 hours, I was diagnosed with COVID. So then we've put it another fight. Anyway, we're super delayed. Oh, you're not. See, we always have that moment within the episode where we we have to stop our part one of the recording. We skipped a part two. So, there's going to just be this annoying Jim. And at some mm. point in the episode, yes. you're just going to not be as annoying I'm just anymore. Sober up. <laughs> so, we'll see how that goes. Am I annoying? Am I being annoying? When are you not? Oh. Anna Maria Starnell writes, subject, easy like Sunday morning. 
Dear Jim and Mike and Mr. John, great episode. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed that. Of course, it's about camping. That can get brutal. I've always thought Fox- I think I want to go camping with Anna Maria. While you were reading the last email, I um, did a little nasal spray thing to try and clear the sinuses so I don't sound. So, I'm going to make an effort for this to be more listenable. All right. <laughs> It's okay, I swallowed it. I've always thought Fox Robin Hood was foxy. Maid Marion was a lucky fox. Oh, there you go. Anna Maria's getting on board the the sexy cartoon characters. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Now. See, he had a bit bit of like a a bit of a kind of a a suave about him, didn't he? Mm, I see it. Now, on various Angel Dust songs, Easy is an amazing cover, of course, and Patton's vocal is beautiful. He can sing soul with the best of them. His little ew is priceless. Wonder if it actually was directed at Jim. The take on Dead Kennedys is a lot of fun, and the song in German even more fun. Really cool Midnight Cowboy cover too. Oh, I love the Blade Runner soundtrack and the movie, though. I can't quote Roger Howe's speech by heart anymore. Do I get my own theme now? Yep. Yeah, go on. I've got to figure this out. Uh, <laughs> and I have a question maybe you can answer. Did Patton sing both parts on the leaked Team Sleep song Kool-Aid Party or is one by Chino Marino of the Deftones? Do you know Kool-Aid Party? I think I've heard it once. Oh, really? I love it. It's one of my favourite obscure Patton. Uh, the higher, breathier parts sound like Patton, but the baritone parts remind me of Pete Steele from Typo Negative. Oh, Okay. Uh, I've seen fans say it's all Patton, so what do you think? The answer is usually that it's Patton, so yeah, it's all Patton. There's a there's a higher parts of this. Ha, Jima, ha, Jima, the little vanilla, something in horny and bottom bottom beer. Ha, like that, Jima. Yeah, it's all Patton. It's all Patton. I don't think there's okay. any Chino in there. It's all pattern. Uh, we need to do our pattern episode soon because I really want to talk about obscure pattern. Okay. Yeah. You might be talking to yourself. No, well, not obscure pattern, just like the lesser known. Because pattern's done so much stuff that, let's be honest, is pretty hard to listen to. I wasn't going to say unlistenable and I didn't want to say it's shit. It's, some of it's hard to uh, understand. Some of it's pretty oddball and just strange and for the avant-garde fans and some of it just gets you know just lost in the you know in his um prolificism i'm sure that's a word back in the day when they brought out that um adult themes for voice i thought that was pretty wicked i thought it was mental i loved it but the more stuff he did like that the more bored i got yeah yeah same when he was doing more stuff like that and less actual listenable songs Mm -hmm. i start to get a bit like oh i want the old mike pattern back now it's gone too far down that rabbit hole. I want Faith of More Mike Patton back now. Yeah, I was you know, the same. Or Mr. Bungle, first album Mike Patton back. Or even California Mike Patton back. Yeah, he's he's done some crazy shit. Yeah. Yep. I've always respected that he does weird stuff, but then I just, every yeah, time yeah. he released something new, I didn't get too excited by it. You know, like when he did soundtracks mm. for a few weird things. What was that numbers let's, one? Let's, anyway, let's, let's keep moving. Ooh. Let's We'll do a pattern Keep episode. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk. Yeah, we'll do a pattern okay, episode. Cool. Yeah. Good. Uh, all right. Uh, just closing out this email from Anna Maria. We've got, I want to thank Jim for thanking me for an award he got in the alternate universe. The one where Courtney Love and Jim Martin grows pumpkins and then smash them, right? Well, you don't know what listeners are saying about you. I'm sure it's all good. 
Best's Anna Maria. She having a deck there? I think so. Just a playful one. It's a multi, you know, it's it's all part of the alternate universe, multiverse. Right, so there's this TV show called, uh, on Disney Plus, and it's Marvel, called Marvel What If, and it kind of like, it's, it's, it's animation, mm-hmm. but it pl- plays out in each episode, what would happen if, so, like, there's an episode, what would happen if Steve Rogers didn't become Captain America, what would happen if it was pe- that Peggy girl, I can't remember a second name. And I just think it's a really clever idea. Mm, and mm. I always thought it'd be really cool for us to do an episode or episodes or feature. Mm. What if, so what it like, like Anna's saying here, what if Courtney Love had stuck, stuck with faith no more? What if uh, Chuck had recorded the real thing? Mm-hmm, you know the mm-hmm. full album and they released it with chuck what would have happened you know from from the what would the album sound like where would the future of the band gone mm. what if trace bruins had stayed with <sighs> faith no more and you know written another album <sighs> at least it. toured live yeah, for king yeah, for a day i do love dean yeah. but <laughs> you know there's some really there's some really cool uh trains of thought you could could run off on and spiral i think it'd be a fun control. segment i think i think it'd be a fun segment we could do you know, just add it amongst the randomness at the end of the episode. Faith No More Multiverse. All the fun segments we've already got. Faith No More Multiverse. And, um, <laughs> character, which cartoon character would you like to have sex with? Yeah, that can, that can go right next to our <laughs> fetish yeah. of the month. Yep, we've got one more email. Ben Brown. And then we can move on. So this one goes out to Ben Brown. Do we play Ben's... Do we still play Ben's jingle? Are we kind of... Yeah, just at some point you need to mention Ben Brown. Are we going to retire some of these? No, we never retire them. But you might have noticed last episode I trimmed his jingle down just so that it didn't play for the full 30 seconds. It was just a little bit condensed. And then, you know, we can do a bit of that soon too with the ones that play all the time. Ben Brown, he's Florida man, Ben Brown. Title Rhino Pawn. So we obviously know this is either going to be about easy or everything's ruined. Uh, greetings, croissanteers. Hi, Ben Brown. He's, a, he's put croissanters, but we all know it's actually croissanteers. Yeah. Uh, I'd just like to say a quick note about how much I love that this EP exists. I love when Faith No More puts out a beautifully constructed, complete album, but I wish they would take themselves less seriously more often and put out fun little projects like this. It seems like a big undertaking for them to get together and make music these days. Why couldn't they just go for something less ambitious and put out some absurd covers? I would love an EP that has reunited Kiss and Say Goodbye, the Serbian song and the Chilean song, or even Ben. It was very kind of them to serenade me since I am their number one fan (laughs) after all. (laughs) I think that's about him. No, mate. No, 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 no. It's not about you. It's about a bear. Ben? About a bear? Yeah, gentle Ben. What? If they ever tour again, I could do without hearing easy. It's been played every time I've seen them, and I would rather hear one of their songs, or much better, I start to joke. I'm sure you'll cover the various ways they played Let's Lynch the Landlord live. My favourite is from January 1993 in Davis, California, when Mike Botted Bottom, Mike Bottom, Mike Bordin screwed up and the band let him. Oh, I d- didn't know about that one. D- d- we do have some comments from Andrew Bowie. I, d- I don't recall if he mentioned that one. Love and kisses, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Ben, 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 the two of us need look no more. That's about. It's about a bear. It's about a fucking mouse. It's 
Spot bed. Spot the mouse. Gentle bed. What? I can't. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Google gentle Ben. What Spot is bear. Ben. I called Jackson. About a mouse. What are you about? about? I'm googling. It's about a mouse. I'm sure of it. A rat. I meant. Is Ben the rat still alive? Was Ben a mouse or a rat? Ben by Michael Jackson. It's about a rat. Gentle Ben. Why do you keep saying genital Ben? No, gentle Ben. What's gentle Ben? It's television program from the sixties about a bear called Ben and a little boy that loved the bear. That's not what Michael Jackson's song's about. Well, that's why I've always believed it to be about. When he's when I heard Michael Jackson sing about so Ben, so you decided. Yes, I decided he was singing about a bear from a, a 60s TV show. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Straight out of Compton, crazy motherfuckers named Ice Cube. From the gang called Fellas with Attitudes. When I'm called off, I got a sword off. Here's the trigger and bodies are hauled off. You two boy, if you mess with me. The police are gonna have to come and get me off your ass. That's how I'm going out for the punk mother that's showing out. People start to mumble and they wanna rumble. Mix them and cook them in a pot like Dumbo. Going off on a mother like that with a gap. You're Mr. John. I'm Mr. John. These are faith no more facts and you made them all up, you bloody liar. Let's press our fact testicles against the wing mirrors of reality and talk about it right now on my warm lap. Last week, month, year, I opened the Faith No More multiverse and immediately regretted it because I've filled our world with all kinds of nonsense. However, having doing so has refreshed my fact cupboard with many an acorn of complete rubbish. So these are things that we know to be true and completely gibberish at the same time, which is, ooh, half past now. Pipe Hammond organ man Rodinald Botox is currently in tour with his man-on-man band of men and bands who man music. You can catch them in the following places making whoopee with vibrating air. April the 1st, Swindon Field of Dreams Consortium. February 30th, Dave's Murder Basement, Mega City One. March of the Pigs, the Nine Inch Borrower Tavern in Nails. June the Terry Third, fucking Aberdeen again. And yes, the Night Moon Swill Confusion, they will finish playing non-stop music at everyone's favourite venue. Still no sign of Mike Borden's unicycling herpes lobster. I'm very excited to announce the finale to my Faith No More favourite ice cream flavours expedition by finding out that Bass Booger, Mr. William B. Goldfinger, has a hankering for the following ice cream triple combo of rare Eastern flavours stacked together in the following combination. So put your seatbelts on, Auntie Mary. This is going to make you bleed. Spam nuts, street sick, golf farm, gluten flock, raspberry, plankton, mulberry paste, salad. Wow. That is some combo. However, I am worried I may have just activated a winter soldier sleeper agent or some shit. I need to stop making these references. Okay, well, that's enough facts for this edition of Podcast Pan or Chocolat Sans Chocolat or Med Où est le Chocolat Putain! I can't sit here staring at your pudding face. I've got clocks to wind by... Faith No More Facts is completely made up. Faith No More Facts is not responsible for your weird hands. Faith No More Facts may alter your reality if you depart from Newcastle on a train shaped like a leopard. Do not mix Faith No More Facts with sand or feed Mr. John after midnight. Faith No More Facts loves you and will care for your pets. Bring mint. So give it up smooth. Ain't no telling when I'm down for a jack move. There's a murder out to keep you dancing with a crime record like Charles Manson. AK-47 is the tool. Don't make me act like a crazy little fool. Me and Mickey go to the tool. No, maybe I'm knocking fellas out the box daily or weekly. Monthly. Yearly. I tell them don't.
I'm loving on C clearly that I'm down with a capital CPT. Oh, you can't fuck with me, so when I'm in your neighborhood, you better duck, cause I skewed this crazy ass. As I leave, believe I'm stopping. But when I come back, boy, I'm coming straight out of the Compton. Show topic. Show topic. Show topic. Show topic. God. Fuck! Show topic! <laughs> Great. <laughs> I fell off my chair. I fell off my chair. <laughs> Show topic. Yep. Great. Songs to make love to. Faith No More. EP. Released, Jim. 1983, 3rd of April. In the US, Canada, and Australia. Our songs to make love to. And the Easy EP, also in America. Mm-hmm. Not released in Europe. Ah. Have you made love to any of these songs? No. You've talked so many times about rubbing a piece of vinyl on your butt or sticking your schlong in a CD hole or something. No. I just no, no, thought no, 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 no. you it's were no. saying, have I ever made love to one of these songs? And I thought, there's already been enough lunacy this episode. Let's keep moving. But you actually meant, have I actually made love to the, these yeah, songs? Yeah, have you made love now? whilst listening to one of these songs? I would say almost it's inevitably. It's possible yep. I've recounted this on our award-winning podcast before uh, between the ages of 15 and probably around about 25 i judged the suitability of a girlfriend by the reaction <laughs> to the songs of angel dust yep i remember a girl once uh, oh, i thought you meant me with, while having while having intercourse with them and i was like wow no okay no. Oh, no, 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 okay. no, just, yeah. just the suitability okay. in general. Okay. Um, that would be a pretty <laughs> wild. Uh, s- s- mental thing to do, very to like be like having sex with someone, and then whilst, <laughs> whilst having sex, <laughs> press play on the CD player, and then look at them. <laughs> that's what, Get out! That's I'll what, finish myself that's off! That's what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I remember once a girl played me a take that song, asking me to pay close attention to the lyrics because that's how she felt about me. Uh, so I played a malpractice and said, this is how I feel about you. Aww. Um, we, we didn't last very long. Around the same time, a different girl gave me a copy of Don't Talk, Just Kiss by Right Said Fred on cassette for Valentine's Day. Mm. But the sentiment was wasted on me and, and we broke up instantly. <laughs> But I've had my fair share of ladies and gents giving me the elbow because of my faith no more obsession. But that's a story for another episode. I feel sad that I hadn't made love to any of these four songs. So me and Mrs. Brown went method and had sex uh, with Dash Shuts and Fest playing in the background. (laughs) So what kind of music do you listen to when you're sending out for sushi? Fucking or, uh, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you planted the parsnip. <laughs> or when, you, when you're doing two-person push-ups. Dude, is this a real question? Yeah. I, I, what kind of music? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm so stuck on this. Hang on. 
Come on, there must there must be a, a go to album. You must have a go to album. I feel like that's a, more that a, a youthful in the background. I feel like that's more a youthful thing. I think I'm old and boring now, and I don't go. Oh, it's sex time. Better put on some music, you know. But back in uh, back in back in the day when I used to, uh, <laughs> where I used to like to court a lady, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> mm, mm, um, mm, mm. In all in all seriousness, yeah. Now, go now on. I feel sleazy after I said that. Um, when I would try and impress a lady uh, with atmosphere, I would almost always play um, Elysian Fields because I would play – I started by playing Lovage uh, and Jennifer Charles mm. is fantastic, but I'd just end up putting on a, a shuffle Elysian Fields thing. I had a girl that I was rather keen on. Um, she ended it and then like a year later – I knew that she was dating someone else and she wrote to me out of the blue and she actually said, she wrote to me and said, hey, what was that music you used to play? She ah. had the audacity to end the relationship, start dating someone else and then ask me what music it was and um, I gave her an incorrect answer. I said, oh, yeah, that was this uh. because I didn't want to say it's a Legion Fields because I was like, nope. You know, this is the song I use when I'm in the mood. As soon as this song comes on, Mrs. Brown knows we t- it's time to go. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> and is this? Have you ever heard this this version of the song? Is this like bit in middle? Listen. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Have you ever heard this version? That's enough, though. Fuck you. I'm gonna fuck you. Anyway. Songs to Make Love To by Faith No More. This is my other one. Oh, okay. My other one. Hang on. I got, I got one other one. Hang on. I just got to, I just got to. <laughs> this episode's going great. <laughs> no. Oh, here we go. This one. Right. Here we go. Right. <laughs> this is what you like to make love for. Fuck yeah. Come home after meeting someone at the club. You know, dim the lights. I can imagine, like, you're like um, the dude out of American Psycho when he's, like, looking at himself in the mirror. <laughs> Have you seen that film? Yeah, it's great. With Christian Bale in it, and he's, like, looking at himself in the mirror while he's, he's fucking bare. I actually, yeah, yeah, I actually read the book of that before imagine seeing the you, movie. That's you. And the book was better than the movie. Oh, the book's amazing. Do, am I right? I'm not going to do spoilers, but there's a little bit of a there's a bit of a, um, a little twist at the end, I guess, or a little there's a little reveal at the end of the book that makes you go, oh. Mm. But did do you feel like the movie sort of spelled that out more? Whereas the the movie spells it out as like, actually, there's your hook at the end, and you go, ah. Oh. Whereas the movie made you go, hang on, 
what what's going on there? And it, it actually left more of a mystery that wasn't resolved. Like the okay, that's what I'm trying to say. The book ended unresolved, and the movie kind of left with a hook that was resolved. Mm. I'm not the best reader, so I just kind of felt like it was unresolved for me. Anyway, yeah. Wow, this uh, the momentum of this episode is impeccable. We're doing well. So we, what did we say? We said, right, we so Songs see, of Metal released songs, on April yep, the 3rd. Yep, which is incidentally 19, is tomorrow for me. 93. April 3 tomorrow. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah. So tomorrow it will have been released for- 28. For 24 years. 28. 29. 28. 29. 29, 29 years. Holy shit. The cover was by French photographer Jan Athos Bertrand, and it's the same rhino fucking another rhino pick that's used on Everything's mm-hmm. Ruined. But the German, there was a German release as an easy EP with the same tracks on as mm. this, which had uh, a different cover. That's all I want to say on that. Right. Okay. So this. Are you going to say what the different cover was? Fucking. It just says Faith of the Morning. It's got some, some swirly shit in background. So it's got four tracks on it. Songs to make love to. Track number one is Easy. Track number two. That shoots him first. Der Schusshahnfest. Yep. Track number three. Let's Lynch the Land. Is Midnight Cowboy. No, it's not. And track number four is... Let's Lynch the Landlord. What? All right, I'm walking away because I've got, I've got Let's Lynch the Landlord and it closes with Midnight Cowboy. I've got to go and get my physical copy, which is like just... I'm pointing at it to prove to you how close it is. And I realize you can't All see right. me because... No one can see me. I'm right. You're wrong. I'm right. You're wrong. Hey, Jim, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I Googled it. I Googled it and I got an incorrect order. And now I've just gone and grabbed my physical copy. And the order you just gave is correct. Continue. Yeah. So first song, easy. Boom. Right. So now I know you say that you couldn't, you you know, I'm glad we're not doing a full episode and easy. Unfortunately, I've got a shitload of notes. Just for the song mm-hmm. Easy. Uh, cover of the 1977 song by the Commodores. Easy was released on December the 29th in 1992 mm-hmm. as a single by Faith No More. And that was when it was first heard. On January the 29th, 1993, they re-released Angel Dust with Easy tagged on the end. It came number 36 in the now famous Faith No More poll. It was the highest cover in that poll. Okay. What number did you say it came out? Sorry, what number did it come in at? 36. 36 out of 105 songs. Yeah. It's pretty high for a cover. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the highest charting song uh, in the UK of Faith No Mars. Came in at number three mm-hmm. and at number one in your fair country of Australia. Yeah, man, love a bit of Faith No More out of Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was familiar with the Faith No More cover before it was released, as many fans probably were, because it was on bootlegs. But I'll be completely honest, I can't say I ever, I'd ever heard the Commodore's version before the Faith No More version. Yeah, same. I, don't re- I, I really like it, but I kind of wish they'd stop playing it now. A bit like Ben said, I'd prefer to have like, I Start the Joke, or or even fucking Dash Hudson Fest. <laughs> I prefer with them live, uh, or even Let's Into the Landlord than Easy. I think, the, I think, I think people... It's one of them things, isn't it, where they're like, oh, well, people come to, to hear it, us play that song, but I, I don't think the fans do anymore. I would, I, I understand why they would play it at a festival, 
Because if they play it at a festival, the people in the audience might go, oh, that's, this is that band. Oh, there's, there's that band that did this song mm. so long ago. Yeah. You know? So when it comes to Faith No More covering songs, like I've said before, we've discussed this before, I actually prefer the Faith No More version of Warpigs than the Black Sabbath version. Okay. I yep. prefer yep. the Faith No More versions of a lot of cover songs to the originals. However, however, easy, I actually prefer the original Commodores version to the Faith of the Marvel. Got a bit more it's got a bit more swing to it. It's a bit funkier. I agree. Um, and I watched a film recently called Baby Driver by Edgar Wright, the guy who did that Sparks film. It's been out a while as Baby Driver, but there's, yep. it's, have you ever seen Baby Driver? Yeah. And there's a bit where he's yep. got his headphones in. For those playing at home, it's about uh, a getaway driver who's like a young kid. And he's got, he's in an accident when he's young. So he's got this incessant tinnitus in his ears. So he listens to music all the time to drown that out. And at one, and he plays like kind of like cool old funk and soul songs mixed with other stuff, which is a bit of punk. And he plays mm. easy in that. And when it comes on, it's just, I don't know. It's just something about that song. And you just immediately, you, you resonate with it and you, you're familiar with it because of the Faith mm-hmm. of the version. But when you hear the, Commodore's version, it's just nice to hear that. Yeah, the I, I do also prefer the Commodore's version. Uh, I prefer not just the instrumentation, I actually prefer Lionel Richie's approach just a little bit more than Patton's. Mm. Uh, the arrangement, though, I prefer the arrangement where Faith No More just ditched the second verse and the key change at the end. I like the mm-hmm. how succinct Faith No More arranged this so first note i've got is versions i've got two different versions i've got three different released versions of it but two different versions of the recorded mm-hmm. mix and i'm so this is what i've got okay i've got the original version which appears on angel dust in 1993 which was the single that was released and it's the one where right at the beginning mike Patton says turn the lights up baby this one for the leaders in the house turn the lights up And then there's there's no strings on it. There's no horns. I wanna be free. Just me. Oh, baby. It's very uh, stripped back. It's on it, uh, the very best, the very best, greatest definitive collection or whatever they call that greatest hits. It's also on the Japanese mm-hmm. single, Easy. There's lots of different names as well. There's I'm Easy and Easy and I am. Anyway, so there's that version. And then there's the cooler version. It's titled the cooler version, mm-hmm. which is the version which is on Songs to Make Love To. Okay. And it's also the version used over the video. It's on we, It's on Who Cares A Lot. It's, on, it's the Australian single. It's also on the German mm-hmm. one. And it's called, it's, there's a various different ways. It's called Easy I Namo and I'm Easy on these different ones. But this is where I've always seen it. The cooler version is the version without Mike Patton talking mm-hmm. in front and the bit with some strings and some horns. And it's got a little bit more guitar over the solo and just before the solo. Yeah, yeah. I want be
and they're the two different versions that I know of. The other version is a live version recorded in Munich on the 9th of November. I understood that there were I understood there were three studio versions and I didn't research too hard because I expected you to clarify it. I put my heart and soul into the research of this and I've found two different versions, the cooler version and the original version. Okay. I've got Angel Dust. I've got the all the best of collections. I've got the singles of Easy. I've got the Japanese single. I've got the Australian single. Yep. I've got Songs to Make Love to, and I've got the German one. And I listen to them all, and these are the two versions which I can... Now, I might be wrong. There might be a little, I don't know, a little bit of bass there different there, but because I, I haven't literally just lined them up against each other, but they're the two versions that I can find. And Wikipedia can suck my dick, because they're going about there being like fucking three versions, don't they? Yeah, but I, I thought Wikipedia was correct. I'm checking Wikipedia because this is where the confusion is. The song. Don't check Wikipedia. Why are you checking Wikipedia? Don't check Wikipedia. Because it's the simplest resource to just get a succinct grab of what we're discussing, even though we know it's not 100% correct all the time. The song was released under three titles I'm Easy, I'm Easy Cooler Version, and Easy. Now, you could say that it's released under three versions or whatever. But there were two distinct recordings. That's what I've just said. You know, it's 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 always been confusing for me because essentially you you became more familiar with a different version to me because in Australia Australia got the cooler version. So now we've cleared. And I don't think it's the same as the version that I got here. What? I think our version in Australia, the Australian version that got easy tagged on the the back end yeah. of it, we got the same cooler ah, version, right. single version. Well, we didn't. We got the. UK version. Ah, oh, these record companies. Right, now we've cleared all that up. <laughs> so, yeah. why did Faith No More choose to cover Easy? So they started playing Easy in their live set in April 1990. The earliest record of it being played is at Rock City on the 25th of April 1990. The band decided to add Easy to their set to counterbalance their faithful version of War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Um, which they've been playing War Pigs since Chuck Mosley's days. So, here's a quote from Bill, Kerrang, 1995. First off, we did it live. We used to do Black Sabbath's War Pigs, so the meatheads started coming out just to hear us do that all the time, and Jim's chest was puffing out. He got to be Mr. Black Sabbath, so we decided we wanted to play easy to fuck with people. We heard it on the radio and went, this is a great song, let's do it. Uh, Bill hmm. also said in 1993 for Billboard magazine, it feels really good to have a couple of thousand people flipping you off just to see the number of middle fingers go up when we went into Easy was amazing. So basically, Faith No More played it to fuck with their audiences. Yep, 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 yep. yep, yep. Alienate your fans. So, yeah, so obviously they recorded it and so it was added onto the record and... Bill Gold told Billboard magazine in 1993 that they added it for their own personal satisfaction. We like to do things that are left field. Warner Brothers has been marketing us as a rock band. We like to do other things too. There was a little hesitancy to put it the record out there, but it just exploded. I think it might be our best hit. So in 1995 uh, in Kerrang, Patton said, it's a bit like stealing your own gun and then shooting yourself with it. And Bill replied, or stealing your uh, your gun and shooting somebody else with it. I, that that's the reference to uh, to um, mm-hmm. to easy. 
Okay. Do we talk about the song much? I made some notes about uh, it. I haven't really made notes about the actual recording itself, so I've got just got a shitload of quotes. There's, there's more quotes about this song than there is any other song Faith them I've ever recorded. Uh, when you said, uh, why did they cover it, there was the TV performance they did. I think it was on Australian – it was an Australian – show and I think it was Steve Visard live but it was actually a different host that evening and he said all right guys first question I want to ask you easy why? is that when they're all smoking yeah, yeah like everyone's got a, a, they just lit up a fag yeah uh yeah do we want to talk through the recording of the song if you want the thing is when I was making these notes I was listening through these songs I thought to be truthful, like I think it, it's a little less exciting than a lot of the Angel Dust content. To talk through easy, it's a cover. There's not a whole lot that we need to really deep dive. So I'm going to take my waffle pants off, oh. slip out of my waffle pants. Let's just get through this because we've got four songs to mm-hmm. do. With you know, we've already been sort of having a bit of fun this episode. We so always have a bit of fun listening over it. It's not a song I actually listen to much anymore. Yeah. But listening over it, I thought, it's good to remember, Patton did a pretty good job of singing it. Yeah. And in in the lines, I just can't stand the pain and also um, done all I can. He's got a little vibrato, little vibrato on the words pain and can, like really nicely touched. Uh, and also, uh, leaving you tomorrow. And then I see a bag stall and a barrow. There's um, some nice little... Um, runs, vocal runs going on. His delivery is really neat when you sort of pay close attention to what he's doing. So I'm actually just going to drop the verse in just to appreciate that. No, it sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. Girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow. Seems to me. I love his voice in this. When you listen to Angel Dust and you don't get a lot of those moments of Mike Patton just crooning on that album, it's nice to have Mm. something from that period where he does just croon. Yeah, he's just delivering a nice, clean, neat, nice vocal. And even the, you know, in the bit in the middle where he goes, ew, and uh, is it, was it Anna or Laura said earlier whether he was possibly t- having a having a go at um, Jim Martin? Uh, there is a comment from Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace said in 2015, the only ironic moment in that whole song is right before the guitar solo when Patton goes, ew, which was a comment not on the song, but on Jim Martin. There was so much mm-hmm. acrimony and tension between the band and him during the making of this record. So, yeah, so Matt confirms that in 2005. Sorry, 2015. But Faith the More have addressed whether it was a piss take on a couple of occasions. Mike Patton said to Kerrang in 2009, usually we just do songs we like, so we have to do them sincerely. If we did a Commodore's cover and chuckled at the end of it, it would make everyone else feel a lot more comfortable with it, but that's not the point of it at all. It's stuff we like, and we deliberately put it in between two noisy songs to make people take a step back. 
But doesn't uh, Lionel Richie do an ooh? Like it's a, it's not as ew, but he just says an ooh. Yep. Yep. At the base of it, Patton's just overemphasizing what Lionel Richie does. But I remember, I, I do remember thinking that. And when um, Anna Maria Starnell wrote that before about was that um, was that him taking a dig at Jim, I, I didn't realize what she was saying. Now I get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I do, I remember thinking when I heard that as a kid, when he first went, ew, I thought he was kind of going, ew, here comes a gnarly solo, just before I knew anything about Faith No More's tensions and uh, anything else. I just thought, it's like, ooh, here comes a solo. Mm. Uh, can I bring up something about the chorus? You can bring up whatever you want, bit. Mike. You can talk about whatever you want. You're, you're an equal partner in this podcast. Wow, thanks. That's why I'm easy. Yeah. That's why I'm easy. He, he goes, that's why I'm easy. Like that. That's why I'm easy. But in the early covers, and I think closer to how Lionel Richie originally delivered it, he does, that's why I'm easy. Like there's a little more of a step. That's why I'm easy. It's a bit slower. Mm-hmm. That's why i So I think the entire arrangement of this song, even the way Patton delivers the vocal, it's almost like the melodies and the phrasing are just simplified. Like it's almost like this is the simplified version to what the Commodores do because the Commodores have a lot more nuance and phrasing and delicacy within their construction of it. Do you know the the horns and the uh, strings on it? I, but I would say that they're not real horns and not real strings. They're, no. they're patches on Roddy's keyboard. Do you think Roddy's been playing them in there or do you think they sampled that on it? Do you, you like when they recorded it, do you think they... They mm. kind of did that at the time, or do you think they put that on afterwards? Oh, because they weren't doing it live. Yes. Well, there you go. That's my, my question answered. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that's more an overdub style yeah. thing, because he doesn't play any of those horns no, live no. ever, no, does he? No, all the strings. No, it's just keys. Yeah. And I, yeah, I no, prefer I that version. Have I said that in this episode already? I prefer that stripped back version. I remember when I heard the cooler version, because I didn't get to hear the cooler version until Songs to Make Love to mm-hmm. came out, because that was the first time it came out in this uh, country. So it was released in April, so it was th- two, three months after the single was released, four months after the single was released. I don't know. It was some time after the single was released. Uh, so I didn't get to hear mm-hmm. the cooler version mm-hmm. and cooler version until this EP came out. And I was like, thought, oh, that's great. That, you know, it's so much different to the original. I love this version. But now, as an older person, after hearing those versions for fucking 30 years, I prefer Mm -hmm. the album version. I prefer the version without the strings and without the horns. I liked the stripped back version better. I need to go back and listen to it now that I understand clearly what the differences are. Because I... I just never really, and it's incongruous with how much I analyze everything. I've just never paid that much attention to these two versions. You know, if you've got that deluxe version of of Angel Dust that released in 2015 on Spotify, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. well, it says the fa- it says Faith No More Easy, and then it says Faith No More Easy Cooler version, and they're both the same. Oh, are they? So they they didn't even. You have to if you want to listen to it on Spotify, you have to listen to the the single version, which is on Spotify. You can find that version on Spotify. Ah, oh, see, that's why I'm never actually hearing a difference. I probably haven't stopped and listened to the actual, what you consider to be the original version. It's obviously a fuck up on Rhino's behalf. Yeah. Um, but they put 
two versions Fuck of Fuck Rhino, sort it yeah, out. Dickheads. But it's probably revenge for the way they've been depicted on the cover of this EP. Mm. <laughs> Rhinos. <laughs> witty. Yeah. Very witty. Uh, Michael, yeah. very, very yeah, witty. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Look, I, I'm going to actually, I'm going to break down these, the, all these um, notes that I've got. I'm going to say two more things about this song. You know when he goes, that's why I'm easy, oh, right? Mm-hmm. First time around, oh, easy like Sunday morning, hang it. And then he goes, oh, oh, yep. right? Because I think people hear it. He goes, that's why I'm easy, oh, easy like Sunday morning. And then the next time, mm-hmm. I think people still hear it as, oh, but am I right that on the recording it actually goes, oh, oh, no, ah, oh, on the second one. No, I don't. I think the the first, the one you were talking about before. No. So it's the same thing every time. I think so. Oh, he's like Sunday morning. Oh, so I'm easy. Oh, yeah. It's why I'm easy. See, I, I I tried to listen to it closely, and it's actually quite shielded. But I um I'm convinced the second one goes oh yeah like that. you might you I'm might gonna drop right. it in just for everyone to hear, yeah, and you might right. it's not that big a deal. Nah, not really. I don't really care, yeah. but I'm curious to yeah. yeah maybe housekeeping yeah. next episode, you'll say you hear it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. And then when Jim plays the solo, Jim Martin, that is. It goes there, right? The Commodore's version is way fuzzier. It's a much fuzzier, cool guitar tone for shizzle. Whereas I feel like Jim's, I love how overdriven it is. Like you've got like some real squeaks in there because it's like almost starting to feed back right as he chokes the note out. But he goes Whereas the Commodore's version is Anyway, I prefer the I prefer the original solo. The way the the phrasing yeah, works, yeah, yeah. Like I said, as a whole, the, note, I prefer, the melody prefer the, works. Prefer the Commodores. Prefer Commodores. Yeah. I don't like Jim's change. Don't know why he changed it. Wish he wouldn't. Yeah. Fuck, fucking hell. Uh, but look, overall, studio version, studio version. I dig. Yeah. The um, I, I I I dig it. They did well. They arranged it well. Solid production. Pattern delivers. Uh, Booger Daddy Bill grooves as always. Mike Borden's tight. Did you know that Mike Borden has a huge collection of jazz records? He's a big jazz buff. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I think this shows in the recording of this song. I think he proper jazzes it up. I think there's a proper jazz style to his playing. Mm. More so than the original. The original's more laid back and it's got more of a swing to it. It's more of a funk thing going on, more of a soul thing. Whereas I think Mike plays Uh it more of a jazz type feel. Yeah. 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention real quick well, that uh, we get a couple of great live performances on TV. There's the Tonight Show US performance, Hey Hey, it's Saturday yeah. in Australia. Yeah. Also, Visard, uh, the Visard one I was talking about before, being hosted by um, is Richard Stubbs, I think his name yeah. is Stubby. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Richard. Richard Stubbs. Do you know why they call him uh, Stubby? Because he, he stubs out his, his cigarettes on that particular performance they're all smoking cigarettes yep. quite funny i think Patton lights a fresh one during the guitar solo and on the tonight are they introduced show by version, like a puppet I, on that as well which one of them they're introduced by a puppet. oh no that's yeah, that's hey hey it's saturday that's ozzy ostrich that's weird it, it, there was a weird thing hey hey it's saturday because they did eventually take ozzy ostrich out of the show but it was an adult's saturday night tv program that would run from 6 30 to 8 30 it was pretty much the show you would watch on a Saturday night while you're getting ready to go out. Yeah. Like, that's kind of when you would put on Hey Hey at Saturday. And it was a really good show. Like, it was a cool time slot. And they just had a puppet on this adult show mm. that made, you know, just just made jokes. And it was actually a really cool. I always really liked that, mm-hmm. even though mm-hmm. it's completely weird. Yeah, Maybe we should have some kind of puppet character on our show. Not that anybody would see it. Uh, but on the Tonight Show version... I like that at the end of the performance, Patton just sort of smiles and just starts walking backwards mm-hmm. yeah, as yeah, he yeah, stares yeah. at the camera no, exactly and eventually just walks into the, the drum screen. So you'll need to uh, look on YouTube for that one because uh, we can't show you on this audio podcast. No, nope, we can't. No, but no. yeah, easy live on The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Good fun. Uh, well, the final thing I think we should discuss on the song Easy is the video. Oh, we should definitely do that. But then the final thing we should discuss um, <laughs> is live. You've just discussed and, live. Um, no, I discussed television performances. Oh, right. Is that a different thing altogether? Yeah, I guess it, in this instance it is. So do the video. Yeah. Then yeah. Um, I want to drop in our good buddy, Andrew Bowie. Oh, is Andy Bowie coming on? Bowie, yep. Bowie, 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 Bowie. Is it actually Bowie or Bowie? It's Bowie we've Bowie. done this. Right, okay. Yep. Right, and Okay. The, so, hang on, just, oh, just steady on. Steady on. Steady on. We'll get Andrew, we get Andrew Bowie on. He's going to talk about live. I'm going to, I'm going to just mention just a couple of quick live things. Uh, then I'm going to talk to close it out about other versions of Easy, just because I, you know, but it, it'll be quick. So, all right. Good. Sounds okay, good. Go. Music video. Okay. Bill Gold said to Billboard magazine in March of 1993, of all the videos we've done, it probably has our personality the most. People can find something sympathetic through a weird medium. It's almost touching that this transvestite is sitting there drinking champagne while Mike's singing. So yes, the video, my favourite Faith No More video. I think, I love it. I think it's brilliant. I think it's really tongue in cheek. I think it's fun. It obviously, it mixes live footage from the Angel Dust tour, pro live mm. footage, which we've never Where seen any it? more of apart from these little snips. Where the hell is it? You know, um, it's got the infamous Mike Patton drinking out of a sh- his own piss out of a shoe on stage at Brixton Academy in there, if you look carefully. Oh. It's got some great footage in there. Where's the fucking footage? Give us the footage! Uh, but it mixes this live footage with a bunch of transvestites uh, hanging out in a f- uh, hotel with the band and some flamingos. Funny en- funnily enough, the second appearance of transvestites in a Faith No More video. Oh, the of original course. Being we carry mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Watching Mike Patton throw uh, luxury chocolates from a hotel balcony uh, while Bill Gold is swigging champagne from a bottle and Roddy Bottom is crooning over a grand piano 
with um, Jim Martin doing a weird little dance in the yeah. background. Do you know, you just said it's your favourite video, and I've always maintained that yeah, my favourite is Evidence. I've got to say, this is a close second. Yep. All right. Go, I, go, go. I, I re-watched it. I rewatched it for the purposes of this episode, and I thought, what a great video. And, you know, nowadays, you know, we've got RuPaul's Drags, Drag Race on TV. It's all over, you know, it's all over the globe, and there's different versions of it in different series. Uh, you know, the, 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 the drag, drag thing's pretty commonplace nowadays. Yeah. I would say it's pretty edgy for 1993. Yeah, it's pushing. Yeah, it's got shock value. Pushing a little bit yeah, of the, yeah. you know, the bit of the culture back in the day. I think it were a FNM pushing against the rock and roll uh, lifestyle of groupies. Maybe even a dig at touring with, with Guns N' Roses because sure. they recorded the video and they released a single shortly after that tour ended. Yep, I have a lot of respect for that. It's it's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely love it. Just I always wanted that jumper, that white jumper with the with the stars. It looks like a, an American flag jumper like some evil can evil would wear or something i'm trying to think of the i'm trying to think of what you're talking about right now it's, got, it's a white jumper with like uh, blue and red stars on it yeah, yeah and it's quite similar to keith flint's in the uh fire starter video uh, which i always wanted as well i always wanted that jumper hey mike jim and mr john here are some set list stats for you on the songs to make love to ep Easy was first played at Rock City, Nottingham on the 25th of April 1990. Band's first attempt skips the second verse as per the recorded version, but unlike that version, they attempt the key change at the end. Uh, they mess it up pretty badly and never attempt to do the key change again. Easy stays in the set list through the rest of 1990, usually as an encore. 1991 sees Easy rarely played, and if it is, usually in the mid set. In 1992, they drop completely for their support shows of Guns N' Roses and Metallica. It's next known to be played at the famous Marquee Germany undercover gig on the 2nd of June 1992. And then they play it in their headline shows in Europe, and it stays pretty much in every headline show, uh, including the reunion show from then on. Uh, from all the set lists we have, Easy is Faith No More's third most played song after Epic and We Care A Lot. Um, but as we're missing a lot of set lists from the Chuck era, it's a lot more likely that War Pigs was played more often. Uh, so I'm going to share a couple of really quick live moments. Munich, 9th of November, 1992. That's the one where they say this one's for everyone with hemorrhoids this evening. Hush now, kiddies. Shh, quiet. for everyone with hemorrhoids this evening. Yeah. Good bit of fun. That's the version that was released on the B-side of singles. Yeah, a lot of people know that one. Uh, 93 Rock. Do you say Rock Am Ring or Rock Am Ring? I say Rock Am Ring. Yeah, that's how I feel like I've known it to be said. Rock Am Ring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guitar solo drops out. And they all have a bit yeah. of a laugh. Crazy. Oh, baby. Woo! 
Um, 95 Pink Pop with uh, Dean. Dean flubs the very first note because Dean plays along yes. to Easy and he hits it and Patton laughs at him. That's good. Yeah, they all, I felt the whole band look at him, don't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just because it's, uh, what is it? It's a, um, I think it's a G sharp major. Whatever, I think it's a G sharp major. If it's not, it doesn't matter. But he goes to hit it. He's playing strumming guitar chords to the whole song. Yeah, which which is something Jim never did. No, and I don't think it's something that um John Hudson ever did. I think it was a Dean thing. Has a little play along to Easy, gives him something to do, and then um hits the wrong note right right at the beginning. It's hilarious. Um, and then excellent fun performance in 95 Monsters of Rock Festival in Chile. During the guitar solo, he's drinking beer and spitting on the audience. And then he comes back and sings That's Why I'm Easy. And he keeps sipping his beer and spitting. And then he goes to sing for a moment and almost brings a can to his mouth, confusing for a moment which one's got the microphone, which one's got the can. And then he actually overemphasizes it and moves the can and the microphone intimately under his mouth because of the mistake that he made. It's funny, playful pattern. Yeah. Ninety-seven. Oh, I just want to make a note. Um, I always really enjoyed the ninety-seven performances of this. I feel like Patton sort of found his groove with his crooning, and there's a real effortlessness to the way Patton delivers this from in the ninety-seven era. Just, just solid. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then to close out my commentary on live, before I go to versions of the song, uh, I love. That even though during '97 we had um, we had John Hudson playing the solo as Dean and um, Jim did it in the reunion era, uh, John Hudson reverts to the Commodores version of the solo and starts playing the the cooler notes that I like. Cool. Yeah, thanks, John Hudson, for doing that. Appreciate your work there. Um, just want to throw in, there's some other versions of the song, aside from the Commodores. Lionel Richie re-recorded it with Willie Nelson. There's like a harmonica and guitar solo. It's really just for old people. Hey! It's kind of boring. I'm old! You missed the TV appearance of this. It was on the Jimmy Fallon show in 2015. They played Superhero and Easy. Yeah, it doesn't count, though, because it's not from 92 okay <laughs> i'll shut up i mean i could have yeah you're right but i just it just wasn't in the same sentiment i mean do you have much to say about that performance i just thought it was a bit like no but i i do i do have to say that when they played easy back in 1992 just to add this onto the live bit yeah i think that's when they first introduced having a um a disco ball on stage oh. i think they used to click that on and, and they, i mean because they still do it to this day they still have a disco ball on stage, oh. 
And I think that's when they first introduced having that on. Huh. I might be wrong, but I think it is. That's a, that's a, see, that's the kind of stuff I do not notice. Cool. Um, other versions yeah. of the song. Look, there's other, there's other, ver- other people have done versions of Easy, but I never knew that Boys to Men did a version of Easy. It's well delivered. It's fine, but it's got a really cool acapella closing of the, the melodies the way Boys to Men like to do. It's actually pretty cool. Never heard it. Guy Ferreira does a version on that Baby Driver soundtrack. Um, it just, it's fine. It's, she's, she's fine. It's good, I guess. But it's just, you know, that really naff thing that's been happening for the last 10 years or so where they just take a classic song and they do a slowed down version of it. Um, mm. It just sounds like, it, I don't know, it just sounds like a, a it's got a real soundtracky mood to it. Um, she, she changes the arrangement up a little bit, but it, yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's all on easy from me. All right, before we move on to talking about the second track on Songs to Make Love To, I've got a little bit of a quote for you here. 2001 in Washington Post, a young man called Lionel Richie commented that he was actually quite flattered that Faith No More covered the song. And yes, he loved it. Thanks, Lionel Richie. Love to have you on the show. Oh, Kingal! <laughs> you know, I've read over the over the English translation a couple of times in the past, but uh, I figured that you you had the the story. Nah, It'll got nothing your... on it. No, no, I've got nothing on Dash Shuts from Fest. Oh, by the way, we're talking about Dash Shuts from Fest now. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah track two. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Brown's favorite Faith No More track. Believe it or not. <laughs> I've got no information on it whatsoever. It's one of those things that I've always meant to ask Bill about. Mm. It's, it's never come up in conversation. Yeah, don't know a lot about it at all, other than it's the, probably the most bizarre song ever recorded by Faith No More. Yes, fair. It came number 88 out of 105 in the now famous Faith No More followers poll. 88 out of 105. Ooh. All the songs below it. I was going to say, what was behind it? it? Mostly the We Care A Lot album. Wow. Did you say as well that sometimes back when that poll was done that people were skipping that album entirely? Yeah, yeah, people just weren't voting for it at all. And when I was getting a lot of the votes in, I was kind of discarding when people hadn't even bothered to vote for that album. Right, I was okay. discarding their their input mm-hmm. because it unfairly reflected on the um, catalogue as a whole. Fair enough. So that shuts from Fest. It's actually labelled on some of the um, releases as the German version. I don't think there's another version. There's only one version. <laughs> I put all the lyrics into Google Translate uh-huh. and I got a slightly different version. If you put them in and translate them into ger- from German to English, you get slightly different translation on certain lines than if you put them in and translate them into uh, Swedish. Okay. And you can read Swedish? No, but I'm bloody good at Finnish. Oh. But it's, it's, it's about a shooting party. A shooting festival. And uh, classic lines are, she looks like Hino's sister. Mm-hmm. We make love in a pigsty. Oh, who's Hino? He's a German pop artist, didn't he? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Don't they mention him on stage at one point, Faith? Yeah. 
They do. That's what, that's what made me just think to ask who Heino is. I know, I know that. My pants explode on my poop tail. Uh, <laughs> her calves were like icebergs. Oh, Kingal! Then something about arseholes. She made a white sausage out of my heart. Something mm-hmm. about shoe polish. Obviously, Google Translate isn't great. Do you know what? If there's someone listening out there that's German... Have we got any German listeners? Or can you yeah, remember anybody good. German? Because obviously when Google Translate just translates it literally, but there's often phrases in, in lyrics that, that would be translated better by someone who speaks the language. Could you, if, if there's somebody out there that could send us a better translation of the lyrics to Dash Schutzenfest. Mike Patton obviously is not a German-speaking person, so I would have thought that the way he's done it, he's, he's got someone to translate some silly phrases for him or, or, or something. Or he's, he, he might have just done it, you know, like you know, like when Mike Patton does it, with the sound of words. He might have just done it with the sound of German words. Thought, well, that sounds like a good word. And then not really cared what the translation was. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's clearly, um, you know, I read it somewhere that, you know, it's quite crude, German. I mean, I've heard it said too that it, even in um, Carillo, Ka, Ka, we need. Caro Voador. Yeah, we need. We need creepy little Rodrigo's. Caralho Voador. But the, uh, the, the patterns uh, Portuguese in that section was a bit crude as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though I imagine it was a bit, it probably even better than his German. Uh, <laughs> but the, the the story that I understand it to be is that. Uh, he goes to a shooting festival, meets meets a girl who who he mm-hmm. describes here as looking like Heino. Uh, in the meantime, I did Google Heino's sister. Now. Sorry, look like Heino's sister. Uh, Heinz George Kram, known professionally as Heino, is a German singer of Schlager and traditional Volksmusik, which would be uh, folk music, I would imagine. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. well-known singer. Um, looks almost albino, you know, very white hair. Uh, wide eyebrows. Maybe Heiner wrote the original Boogadaga. Das Boogadaga. <laughs> Heiner is possibly the source of the, the original. Yeah, the original Boogadaga. Uh, and then, so he meets a girl, and they uh, head off to a barn to uh, be intimate, and they're interrupted by a pig. I think is oh. that the story? They're interrupted by a pig, or they were having sex in a pigsty. Oh, they're having sex in a pigsty. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh, it's a polka. Mm-hmm. Best musical uh, comparison would be anything, something from one of Weird Al's albums. Weird Al is well known for a, a good polka. Um, otherwise, I don't know if anyone's really done much polka aside from them. Faith No More and Weird Al. Have, have you ever been to an Oktoberfest, a drinking fest uh, no. thing where no. they all sit, you sit at long trestle tables with big mugs of beer and like bang them on table to like this type of music. No, no, I haven't. And there's those sort of the boot slapping, di- the dancing. With yeah, the, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all dress in, in lederhosen and they mm. say, Prost, Prost. Prost. That means drink. Yeah, yeah. Or something. Yeah. Believe it or not, they used to do them at the Australian bars that I worked in. They used yep. to have them every now and again and I'd have to DJ them and dress up in lederhosen and very odd. They were a big thing here in the UK for a, for a short period of time. Yeah, we, we, there is a there's a German drinking bar in uh, the rocks of Sydney, um, mm. and the fact I can't think of the name of it is really dumb because it's a really obvious name. Oh, it's not that obvious. It's the Bavarian. Oh, that's that's quite obvious. Is it the Bavarian? Okay, well, it's called the Bavarian. Yep. Okay. Uh, do you think it's a drum machine on the song? Yes, I think I think most of the song is done on keyboards and drum machines. I don't know whether there's any actual real bass in there or 
real guitar or anything. Well, there's some really fu- there's some really funny fills, like the the fills in the song are really odd. Um, and I actually wonder if it was like the drum sounds on Roddy's keyboard and possibly played yeah, by hand, maybe. not necessarily programmed on a drum machine. I would have assumed it's written by Bill and performed uh-huh. mostly by Bill and Roddy. Maybe it was Bill in an early incarnation of, of using a computer. Mm. I don't know, in 1992, what would what would be the equivalent of using what did samples and stuff they were, weren't they? Uh, all I'm aware of is the possibility of more for the MIDI programming. So yeah, yeah, it would yeah. have been using the, the brain of uh, Roddy's keyboards mm-hmm. and they could yeah. have programmed things on a pretty crude computer. Did you say that Roddy plays the actual accordion, though? He does. Did you tell me that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, just real accordion. Yeah. I made a couple of um, just fun notes about the song. The um, Go on, then. You know how there's all these, like, little silly sound effects throughout the song? Like, in the first verse, you hear the dog bark just, like, a couple mm-hmm. of se- like a couple of little sneaky times because, obviously, the dog makes an appearance later in the song, a bit more importantly, but the uh, we've got... Uh, uh, 54 seconds in, you've got that eh, 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 that little... Oh, 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 oh. No, there's like yeah, that, that one. No, the, the, the right. creepy sort of... Eh, 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 Is it Rodrigo? Possibly. Uh, yeah, there's the, there's the dog, but then we also get the dog starts. Well, then we've got the xylophone... And then Patton's doing all the ad lib over the top, like ah, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's silly. Thinking about it, does that drum feel that's do 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 do. And that actually, when I think about it, does sound like a proper snare drum. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like or a roll was, on the snare. It just sound, it doesn't sound mechanical, so it sounds. Otherwise, is it a keyboard where it's um, being triggered just with fingers, mm. but it still sounds. Yeah, maybe. It's hard mm. to tell. Yeah, I need to sit down and talk to Bill about this song. You should, and it would have been valuable prior to recording. Information for this this episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The, so obviously Patton's doing his ad lib thing over the xylophone solo, which I find quite just funny because he's ad libbing German. Uh, Then the dog starts going crazy and it's the one same dog sample, which sounds quite funny too. So it's all just. Mm. It's more humorous than an enjoyable song for its uh, for its emotion that it draws, other than perhaps humour. Oh, I don't know. No? I don't know. No, but when you're having sex to it, it can get quite emotional. Oh, sure. <laughs> At the last chorus, Patton doubles his vocals, just to give it a little bit more oomph. Oomph! Oompa. Oompa band. Oompa! At two thirty, I wrote it. But he goes, um, "There's just there's because it's double track. There's one vocal that just goes, ugh, ugh. He does like a big like flemmy sort of ugh. He's got quite good German pronunciation though. Yeah, he does it. He does it well. Even if his uh, German translations aren't quite good, he's got quite good 
pronunciation of German words. I can't do it. The sounds the ugh, but the ugh sort of it like everything sort of pauses on that ugh, and it stands out. It's quite funny because I'm mm. dropping in samples as I talk about these things. Um, of course, you are. You always do because we're a professional, award-winning podcast. And just like you said before about the um, easy, and you said it's nice to hear Patton do some crooning in this era mm. because we'd not heard a lot of that. The very end of the song, you know, that last yeah. note. <laughs> I always really liked that because that was like, that was a croony moment. We got a bit of a croon out of Patton. I like Dash Shuts and Fest. I think it's fun. I like it. I don't skip it. When it comes on. Yeah, I don't know that I do. It's not one that I seek out to go and listen to. Like, oh, I'm in the mood for some dust shoots and fest. Mrs. Brown does. Yeah? Yeah. She's That's always putting it on. Well, there, there you go. I've just I've just got through my notes on that one. Yep. I've got no else to say on that one. All right. Good on you. Good. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> dust shoots and fest has never been played live. Probably would have been a good song to play when they used to play Carnival in Rio um, at the German shows to wind up the German audiences, but they never took that opportunity. Uh, so then I got my track listing out of order, and you corrected me on that at the beginning of this mm-hmm. episode. We moved to, uh, well, it's uh, Midnight Cowboy. Yep, last song on Angel Dust. Yeah. Uh, as we discussed in last episode, you put it perfectly. You said it, it, it's like an after-dinner mint. Yeah. You've had the um, three courses of Angel Dust all served up, and then, you know, you sat back with a cigar and a whiskey and you have your after-dinner mint and that's Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like the credits are rolling on the actual album. Yeah. Uh, and it first heard it as a B-side. We first heard it as a B-side to Midlife Crisis, mm-hmm. which is confusing. Okay, yep, you've got yep. Midlife Crisis, then you've got Jizzlobber and uh, Midnight Cowboy. What an, uh, an odd uh, uh, bunch of tunes that is to put on. The first single from Angel Dust. So was that that was the UK release of the single of Midlife Crisis? Mm, it was, yeah. We had As the Worm Turns, the pattern version of As the Worm Turns, on there. We didn't have Midnight Cowboy. Yes, you did. Memory. You're right. Yeah, I, I bought that years later when I realised that it had that version of As the Worm Turns on it. it this came fifty three in the now famous Faith the More Followers poll. That's pretty high. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, Midnight Cowboy is a cover of John Barry's theme from the 1969 movie of the same name, starring mm. John Voight and Dustin Hoffman. Never seen the film. Have you? No, no, I haven't. I should do, though, because it, it it, I've, like, I've watched the trailer for it. It looks quite, quite good. It seems like something you would. It does, doesn't it? Surprising that I haven't. I'm going to for next episode. Before next episode, I'm going to watch it. Um, the recording of the track was Bill Gould's idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bill said he went through some strange period where I was listening non-stop to an old San Francisco pop radio station called Magic 61. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Roddy Bottom said in 1992, I'm really pleased with the cover we did of Midnight Cowboy because that's taken us to one direction that we've never gone before. That's the way of the future. Easy listening is where it's at. We're going to come out real soon with an EP of music for elevators. I remember they used to say this in 92 quite often. Mm. The next thing they were going to release was an EP of music for elevators, which I can only believe that, that Roddy was referring to this, to yeah. songs yep. uh, to make love to. Yep. 
Did you know that the lead melody is played by Roddy Bottom on an accordion that you mentioned, the very accordion that you probably mentioned earlier on? Oh. Oh. Yes. It's not Mike Patton on a melodica or whatever it's called. No, he did that live. But no, Wikipedia are all wrong with this one. And I know because I asked Bill Gould. But... Look, I, I never suspected that Patton played the melodica on the recording. Um, mm. I always just thought it was a keyboard patch because it's not like nope, it sounds remarkably like, oh, what a true, beautiful, authentic accordion tone, you know? Yep, 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 yep. Yep. So I, I did want to say that when you mentioned accordion earlier on, but I thought I'll, I'll say it. That's yeah, you I did thought. well to hold off then. That's good. I've got one final quote on this song. I think I mentioned it last episode. It's on that Faith No More limited edition interview CD that came with a copy of Angel Dust. I can't remember in 1992. Oh, yes, And the uh, the question is to Mike Borden, why did you choose to do a cover of Midnight Cowboy? And I'm going to start the the quote, and you can then merge Mike Borden's voice over mine like you saw expertly did in a previous episode. Okay. So, Midnight, Midnight Cowboy, Cowboy to me, a friend of mine told me this, and, and I, think it's, it's I think it's appropriate to where we, she heard the, sat down and heard the whole record. The very first song, she said, wow, this is a really great opening track. You know, it's pretty, you know, energetic and stuff and isn't boring. And at the very end, when, when the Midnight Cowboy came on, she said, wow, this, this was just exactly like taking a roller coaster, a really great roller coaster, you know, at a roller coaster park to where the first song, you're going, you're starting off and you're going zoom and then it takes off, whatever. The end of the roller coaster, right after you've gone upside down and thrown up and stuff, it comes back down and you're going click, click, click and you're slowing down and it's like, oh. I absolutely adore Midnight Cowboy. I love it. It's so, it's got some kind of like cosmic spiritual vibe to it. You just sit there and you just flow off into some other dimension. It's got such a beautiful melody line. And the way Faith the More play it, which is very faithful to the original version by John Barry, mm-hmm. but yeah, the original version of Midnight Cowboy by John Barry, the well, the lead melody was played on a harmonica by Toots Thielemans, okay. and it's written here in big capital letters like we're all supposed to know who that is. I love the guitar. I love the little jingly guitar that Jim Martin plays. Yep. Acoustic sounding. I don't know if it's acoustic guitar or not. You probably know more than me about guitars. Yeah, I took it for a co- Yes, acoustic. Yep. I didn't even make the note. And I think it's all just bar chords too. Like, it just he's just playing bar chords. He's not... um Bar chords? Bar chords rather than playing big open campfire chords. I love it when the strings come in as well. I think that totally lifts the song to another... Mm. Um, level right at two minutes 23 seconds is there a mistake oh is there a mistake at two minutes 23 and at two minutes 28 Roddy hits the wrong note on the keys oh oh there's a bit of a jarring 
sound, and I think I don't know why they would have left it in. Yeah, but it sounds like there's a mistake to me. Oh well, oh, I'm dropping it in. Go on, man. You talk. Well, it, it, it's. I appreciate this song more now, but I never really cared for it ever. All right. Ever. It's. It's sort of more as. I think it's actually more as doing this podcast. You get a sense of getting to know the band a bit better in terms of how they feel about things and their approach mm-hmm. to things, and then so they do something like this for their own joy of recreating something that they really appreciate. So I listen to it now with that enjoyment of mm, it being mm. like this is something that not only they obviously wanted to do but something that you know means something to them and they all love their film music um yeah so i appreciate it more now i find that i i actually really like the live performances of it i loved the way they would open with it in 97 that was the first time yeah. that they did that um oh, we've got a little snippet from andrew bowie coming up um but i always Always liked the live versions. Obviously, Patton would play it on melodica, and they would play it a bit slower live. Mm. I felt like I felt like this record when you when you're more familiar with the live versions, and then you go back to listening to the album version. It sounds fast, you know. It just seems a bit mm-hmm. seems a bit quick. Again, you were talking before about the uh, the John Barry version, it, it similar to the way they did Easy and the Commodore, like the Commodore's version had a little bit more, like I said before, like nuance to it. There was a bit mm-hmm. more character. I do feel like the John Barry version has a little bit more of that nuance going on in it, in the way that it's played. Mm-hmm. This is a lot more just straight ahead delivery, nicely done. Yeah. Oh, it, actually, I did make a note on the guitars because I wrote small parlor guitars. I wonder if um, Jim isn't just playing an acoustic, but if it's like a smaller, smaller bodied acoustic because it has that almost boxy sort of sound to it. Doesn't have that big full acoustic sound. All right, okay. Get what I mean? It yeah. Could, well, that, that's what I thought. I thought it sounded a bit more not so not so much as as an acoustic guitar, but something like a mandolin or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's almost got that ukulele quality to it. Yeah, ukulele, that's the one I was looking for, yeah. yeah like, but a bit it's... like um, The Grade. Yeah. Yeah, The Grade has that really boxy sound too. I'm just trying to think, because that, that's that's an open tuning thing. But the, yeah, the parlor, the parlor guitars are just a smaller bodied acoustic and it has that, yeah, that slightly tighter, boxier more mid-rangey it's not as full full bandwidth sound that an acoustic would normally have what's that effect called you bought a an effect pedal didn't you to replicate noise at the real end of the song the real thing yeah and the end of war pigs and stuff yeah. it's at the end of this song uh does it have the wow sound at the end yeah, it yeah. does a decaying sound where the yeah, but I didn't I didn't hear yeah. the yeah 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 that, that sound. in there yeah yeah yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I'm sure it's got that kind of feel to it. It well, it it does have a similar feel to Woodpecker from Mars. The way the Woodpecker mm-hmm. from Mars has that falling apart sound in the middle of it. Yeah, at, at the end of that interlude section. Yeah, they do a similar sort of like. I think at the end of this one, Jim's just letting the guitars feed back, and he's grabbing the whammy bar and just going. Oh, okay. And making it decay. I don't know that he turns on the. Fuzzwire and does the actual like right, right, wow right. thing that that thing does. Mm, uh, mm. 
Yeah, but there's certainly that similar sort of way that it's falling apart. I did make a note that around 150, the snare starts to really come in strong, and we get that classic sort of big, almost shotgun snare from Mike Borden as the song starts to lift. Oh yeah. And then the um, the bass starts to move to the eighths. It starts to come into the doom, 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 doom. And then uh, two twenty. I'm I'm certain that Bill starts hitting some chords. By that, just gets pretty pretty sick. I don't think John Barry had chords, so there's some there's some faith in the more nuance for you. I appreciate that. Are we going to Andrew Bowie? Yeah, let's do it. Bowie, 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 Bowie. Midnight Cowboy was first known to have been played on the 18th of September 1997 at Providence, Rhode Island, weirdly in the middle of the set after King for a Day. Um, the next few shows they played in that same location. And then in Detroit on the 24th, it finds its perfect place in the set as the intro song, uh, where it remains for almost every show of the 1997-1998 tour. Brought back again in the reunion in August 2009, it shows in Portugal, Greece and Turkey as an encore. And then later in August, it leads in Reading Festival as the first song of the night. It's played occasionally at shows in 2009 and 2010, and then it drops from the set completely. Towards the end of the 2015 tour, they play the John Barry version of Midnight Cowboy as an intro tape. Aside from Andrew Bowie's contribution there, I didn't make any notes on live performances because they're all pretty similar. Right, final track. Yep, let's lynch the landlord. Fucking let's lynch the landlord. Originally released by the Dead Kennedys in 1980. This one came number 79 on the Faith No Now famous Faith No More followers poll. <laughs> it was first released in May of 1992 on the Virus 100 compilation album, which was a celebration of alternative tentacles. Uh, 10 years, was it? No, 20 years, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Do you know which one I mean, though? The the Dead Kennedys compilation album where yeah, 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 covers. Yeah, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. First time I heard it was as a B-side to a small victory single, which was released 3rd of August, Night Night 2. First I heard it was in actually not until 95 because it was what? put on a bonus disc with King for a Day in Australia. Oh, wait, no. Was it on that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm getting my facts wrong. No, Dust Shoots and Fest. That was the first time I heard Dust Shoots and Fest. I'm mixing up my facts. This one, I think I had to buy this Songs to Make Love to. I had to buy it second. I had to buy a... An import. Had to buy an import copy of this one to hear well, it. Well, I did as well, because it was uh, not released in the UK, as we discussed earlier in this episode. I love this. It's got... Me too. Um, Roddy, Roddy back on his accordion. Yes. Hang on. Are we noticing a theme here? Yes, it's the uh, Songs to Make Love to, all played on accordion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything for except yeah. for Easy have accordion. Do you know what? Fucking Bugger Daddy Bill should play the double bass a lot more often, because it sounds... Awesome. Um, do you want to hear his take on that? What do you mean? 
I wrote to Bill. What? My baby up been cheated on me with you? Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, um, I wrote to Bill and I just said that we were All preparing right. for this episode. And I, I said that I particularly liked this song and mm-hmm. the production on it and also the uh, double bass. And I said, I said uh, both. I asked him the question both around. Uh, have you ever? What did I? What did I ask him? Have you ever had desire? Oh, maybe to you should play? get that up. That's not very professional. It's in front of me. I'm just well, scrolling what, to it. What did I ask Give me a moment. Oh, I don't even you, know what a fucking. Listen to you it. getting all precious because I wrote to your mate Bill. <laughs> My BBF. Get your own BBF. I thought he's not your BBF anymore. Ever since you. Um, oh no, he isn't. Is he? Yeah. No. No. Ever since. Uh, he, he lied to me about playing slap bass. On, slap bass on Land of Sunshine. Land of Sunshine. <laughs> I wrote to him and I said, have you ever had desire to play more with a fretless or double bass? Mm. And I also asked, would he ever venture into more of those raw style recordings again? Uh, and he did say, um, I like the raw production approach, actually. The thing is, that's what you get when you have to work with what you have. Got to make lemonade out of lemons. Both of those recordings, um, oh, because I mentioned um, Greenfield's. When I was talking about mm. Leslie Lynch and the Landlord, I also said I, I like Greenfields. He said both of those recordings you mentioned were made under really crude circumstances, but it would definitely be mm. possible to go there again. As far as fretless, I had one, didn't like it. Um, and he had his, he said, I had a, a stand-up too, and he said the one he used on Landlord. Uh, he never played it much. He bought it for $300. It was really cheap, both in price and quality, and it hurt his hands. So I've seen him play double bass a couple of times. Oh, yeah. He's obviously... In the evidence video. Yep. But also in the, a video for a song by Mexican Dubweiser, where they sample strip search. And there's a really soulful guy singing over the top. Mm. And Bill's in the video playing double bass. And Mexican Dubweiser's signed to Cool Laura Records. Or he was. Uh, Trouble in My Soul, I think the name of the song is. Wait, what? They, they sampled strip search? Yeah, did it's great. Get, did Have that? you not heard it? Have you? It's awesome. Did you? Mexican Dubweiser, Trouble in My Soul. Play a sample of it now. That sounds fun. Yeah, and Bill's in the video. Oh. With a mask on, playing double bass. T-I-L. Sick. Uh, well, and you also forgot that when they performed Evidence on Hey Hey at Saturday in oh, yeah, uh, yeah, April yeah. of 1995. You had his double bass there. So, but it, was that a um, pre-recorded thing, or was he playing that live? He wasn't playing that live, were you? It was, yeah, it was, they were playing to the backing track. So he's just he's just miming along. Mike B uses brushes, which I don't think I've ever heard Mike Borden use brushes before. Yeah, well, and yeah, yeah, yep. Um, does that little that little shuffly thing where it sort of drags mm-hmm. the brushes around as he's tapping and like good little good little brush technique, you know? Yeah.
Would you say this is a live recording then? Would you say they were pl- this is recorded in like a rehearsal space or something? Well, yeah. Sounds I, that way to me. Well, I mean, when Bill wrote back and said that he, they were recorded under crude circumstances, it's sort of like, oh, tell me more. What yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Where was it and how was it done? And was everyone in the room at once? And, uh, did, did, did you oh, eat a bumblebee suit? Yeah, and what'd you have for breakfast? You know, uh, but it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like it was possible that they, I mean, at least the bass and drums could have been tracked live together. Um, mm-hmm. You'll notice that you've got the snare sort of moving around and then um, I think he starts playing the ride in the choruses, but it's sort of like it's all mm-hmm. snare and there's a little bit of ride in the choruses. And then when it gets to the solo, uh, that's when he first starts to hit a kick drum. Mm-hmm. And you get that boom, boom, and it sounds really, um, really compressed. And I made some excessive notes, and I'm actually going to chill them out a little bit because I went overboard. But um, there's a there are different styles of compression in recording. Ugh. And so what I'm going to well, do... Waffle pants is back. Yeah, here we go, here we go. Now, there's a particular style of... Because comp- there are a different style of compressors. You've got VCAs. Of course, right. yep, yep, you've yep, got yep, FET yep. compressors. You've got mm-hmm. Opto, uh, Moo. Mm-hmm. They're the most uh, the, the oh. most common types. Uh, the VCA mm. features on a SSL board. I'm sure you've heard of SSL mixing desks before. You know, like a Neve? Yep. You've heard of a Neve console yep. before? I have. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. And then you've got, like, the, mm-hmm. the SSL style. Now... They have uh, their VCA compressors and a very popular and common type of uh, compression still used to this day. Even uh, emulations that people use in software are the SSL bus compressors because they have such a nice response to the music and a musical sort of sound to it. Now, what I will say 100% is that they've compressed the shit out of the drums so that when the kick hits, there's this really sort of uh, compressed sound to it. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it sounds like the woofiness of the sort of the VCA compression that gives you that sound that makes it sort of it sort of you get the you get the hit and then it's sort of like everything sort of also sucks away at the same time when you overdo mm-hmm. it just that little bit. Um, and I think that's what's what's happening there. Rather than dropping the samples underneath what I said, here's an uncompressed drum sound. Ping. And then here's a really heavily compressed sound just to give an impression of what it is that I'm getting at. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> hey! I've done that in ages. Hey! Yeah. Uh, if there was an actual unplugged F&M session... You know, like they did in the 90s. Everybody did Unplugged. Uh, Alanis Morissette did it. Nirvana's fucking amazing one. Uh, Pearl Jam's fucking amazing one. Oh, Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains. They all did these fucking amazing Unplugged sets for MTV and Faith and More never did one. This would have been a cool song to play on Unplugged. Yeah. Uh, like like Nirvana did uh, David Bowie. Um, Man Who Sold the World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even um, uh, Jesus Don't Want world. Me for a Sunbeam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 This this be a really cool one for Faith in the Martyr. Totally. Yep. Mike Patton rules on this song with his best impression of uh, Elvis Presley. Well, we obviously haven't, we haven't really sort of mentioned it, but it is very different to the Dead Kennedys version. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, very different. Yeah, the Dead Kennedys is just like a messy punk. Yeah. Punk rock song, yeah. Which 
on that compilation you were talking about before, there's two versions of this song because L7 do a version L7, of this. L7, yep. And theirs is closer to the original. But I love this. I, Me I too. I fucking love this song yeah, so Yeah, I much. do too. And like I said, Mike Patton channeling Elvis. And he's got an, an effect on his voice, like a reverb effect. Go on, tell me what that effect is, because it sounds like... Slap It's back. almost like... Snap back. Slap I knew back. We'd, 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 we'd spoken about it before with, with another song somewhere else, and I can't this remember This town ain't big enough for the both of us. That's it. Yep. Yep. He's got, he's got the slap back. back. He's, he's got, got a step, step back. back. Yeah. Bit like uh, Will Smith. <laughs> and I love Jim's solo in this. Yeah. The blues solo. We know no distortion on it. And in the background, Patton's shouting to himself like the uh, character out of RV. Hey! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Well, because when you uh, hear live versions of this, Jim usually doesn't contribute. And I forgot that there's guitar throughout the whole song. Then he obviously does the solo. And the solo is a fairly faithful recreation of what the punk version does. Because mm. it's kind of messy and a bit sloppy and it's nothing that, I guess, impressive. You know, he's mm-hmm. not jizzing all over the song. <laughs> <laughs> but the yeah and then um and in a moment andrew bowie has some comments on the live performances of this mm. uh yeah of course he does um the thing that i like right at the end the landlord yeah i love that because yeah. he sings it straight and apart from that very last line and he gives us a bit of a, a glimpse of future pattern cuckoo for kaka voice yeah, it's sort of it's right in that right in that pocket of that exploration of yeah gnarly sounds that he makes also with Bunkle Disco yep. Volante sort of era. <laughs> Buddy, I don't. Is that it? Yeah, I don't have a, a whole lot more on this one. Andrew Bowie, I think we can throw to for our. Live music commentary. Let's Lynch the Landlord was first played at that famous marquee Germany undercover gig on the 2nd of June 1992, uh, but it's not played again until the Agora Theatre in Cleveland on the 28th of September 92, uh, when the band starts to play War Pigs, but then stop and start playing Let's Lynch the Landlord instead. Jim gets really angry and leaves the stage, uh, and they take a while to coax him back. Let's Lynch the Landlord becomes the encore song of pretty much every 1992 show and the occasional 1993 show. Jim would usually leave the stage when it's played, but would rarely stick around and play along, uh, as you can hear on the 22nd of January 93 in Hollywood. Let's Lynch the Landlord has played at a small number of shows in 95 with Dean. Uh, Dean's bluesy, jammy style really suits the song and he's definitely my favourite performances of it. John never played the song in the Album of the Year tour, but he did play it once, partially in the reunion. On the 14th of August 2009 at the Spirit of Burgess Festival in Bulgaria. That's it. Oh, that's shit. it. Oh, that's it. Yep. Oh. We've just done another Angel Dust episode. And it was Angel Dusty as fuck. <laughs> uh, uh, songs to make love to. Done. Dusted. In the bag. Yeah. Bing, I felt tick. like. Big tick. Big red tick. Big green tick. Bang. Done. You know, as far as algorithms go, I don't know if this is going to be as an as attractive an episode for uh you know people to listen to but i know that but i know i don't do this for the ratings i don't do this for other people i do it for me well we're still we still win awards either way yep exactly yep not that you've won diddly squat my friend look (laughs) you still win awards anyway but the the you know i've never mentioned algorithm before i'm just saying i don't know that 
it's as popular a topic for this particular one. Uh, thank you to those who have wanted to check it out. And I think you made a good call. People come. They don't come to particularly listen to the... They come to listen for our award-winning humour, yeah, right. our award-winning sure. conversation, facts that they get out of it, and they love to get out of well, it. Where else? You know, it, where I is think it? to some people, we're like a beacon of hope. They, they listen to us just for their own salvation and their own sanity. And the people that do come... Every episode and listen to us. We love you. We do. Yes. You know? Absolutely. And, and we would like if to... If there were a song playing right now this that was yep. applicable, I would make love to you all over this mi- microphone right now. Right. What's next? Uh, this is the um, gym soundtrack of the oh, week. Oh, soundtrack, soundtrack of the week. Yep. Mike's... Um, uh, um, Fetish. Fetish. I forgot the word. Great. Perfect. Mike's fetish of the month. Um, and then we've got new music as well before Faith No More News. Now it's time for Jim Soundtrack of the Week. It's time for Jim Soundtrack of the Week. It's time for Jim Soundtrack of the Week. For the week, for the week, week, week. It's time for Jim Soundtrack of the Week. Yes, it's right. It's time for the time of the week. Yeah. Okay. Soundtrack of the week this week. I've gone topical and I'm going with Bond themes. Not any specific soundtrack, but the Bond themes of John Barry. Oh, yeah. John Barry composed the scores for 11 James Bond films between 1963 and 1987, as well as arranging and performing the um, actual Bond title theme. Um, so he did the soundtracks to from russia with love goldfinger thunderball you only live twice which is a fucking banging one that's a really good one play you can play a sample of that one okay On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which the um, song that was for that was We have all all the time in the world, which is fucking ace. And I also really like the um, Fun Loving Criminals version of that as well. He did Diamonds Are Forever. He did The Man With The Golden Gun, Moonraker, Octopussy, Living Daylights, which I fucking love Living Daylights theme song, which was actually Aha. I love that one. And A View to Ooh. a Kill. I like the um, Duran Duran one as well. And that's it. There they all, all the, the um, soundtracks he did. So go out and listen to some Bond themes. Are you saying there's a compilation Don't listen too? to the full soundtracks because they're, they're pretty boring, to be honest with you. But the actual main themes from each of those films are quite good. So he's composing music to the entire of those films as well. So the full mm. soundtracks. Yeah. And they're not, they're not that exciting, Okay, to be but the themes themselves... But the main themes are, are pretty cool, yeah. And is there a yeah. compilation of John Barry? Probably. But you skimmed over Thunderball before, and obviously um, I'm sure most would be aware that Mr Bungle did cover that. Yeah.
Mr. Bungle Fact. Uh, yeah, there's a boat in one of the James Bond films called Disco Volante. I didn't know the that. The awesome. Wow. Do you know what? They've got this magical thing in front of me, and where you type something in, mm. it tells you all you need to know. Disco Volante boat means flying disc, Disco Volante, or flying saucer, mm-hmm. um, which was a luxury hydrofoil yacht owned by Spectra. And it's from Thunderball. Yeah, so that's all I've got to say on John Barry theme of the week. Sick. <laughs> Finish of the week is asphyxiophilia. I thought thought if we're going to go with i think if we were going to go with um something topical it's uh let's lynch the landlord and to lynch erotic asphyxiation is the intentional restriction of oxygen to the brain for the purposes of sexual arousal the term autoerotic asphyxiation is used when the act is done by a person to themselves colloquially colloquially a person engaging in the activity is sometimes called a gasper Erotic asphyxiation oh. can lead to accidental death due to asphyxia. Just like a David, who died that David way. David Carradine, apparently. David Carradine? I, I was uh, going to say Michael Hutchins. Michael Hutchins was the, the famous the famous one to die from that, yeah. Yeah, there's a scene in uh, the TV show Six Feet Under. Every episode would open. I feel like David I Carradine, did he have ginger hair? Did he have, like, really red hair? I don't know. It was just the first one listed when I Googled. People who have died from it, but it felt <laughs> you don't even know who he is. No, I'm gonna I, go I know him. the name, I've heard the name David before. Like oh, hang on a minute, I know the name. He was in Kill Bill. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who he is. Did he die from that? Apparently, yeah, it was the he was. The, have you seen Kill Bill? Yes, yes, that's he's Bill. Yeah. Oh, there you go. No way, yes, way. <laughs> but according to this, he's still alive, so oh, wait, what the fuck? Oh, is no, this no, I'm, 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 I'm lying. No. 2009 he died yeah i didn't want to go it's only because i heard his name mentioned when that topic came up on i don't know it was a podcast or somewhere that i heard it being discussed and yeah there is a scene uh at the start of six feet under which was an amazing show have you ever watched six feet under no it's got your mate in it and who throws drumsticks at you no Oh. It was uh, produced by, written, I think, written and produced by Alan Ball, who did, like, the True Blood and the um, uh, American Beauty. It is one of the all-time greatest TV series, Six Feet Under. It is sincerely really, really good, and every episode would open with someone dying. And in one scene, it shows this uh, this professional, you know, corporate-looking dude. He's in his suit and tie and whatever and he sets himself up and he gets his belt around some gym equipment and props himself up and he puts a lemon in his mouth and and this is i've heard this before not from practice but i've heard it actually there was a scene of that in um the tv show californication that does have my mate who threw the drumstick oh yeah mate that throws drumsticks at you um very similar thing but the the idea is that at climax you cut off the 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 blood flow to the brain um, and then you bite into the lemon and the lemon gives you enough of a jolt that you then, you know, at least lift yourself up away from the, whatever it is that's uh, restricting your breathing. Um, and in mm-hmm. this, um, scene in six feet under, 
the guy's got the lemon sitting in his mouth ready to go and he's got his pawn running and then right as he's about to climax he sort of fidgets and jolts and the lemon falls out of his mouth and next thing he just passes out and asphyxiates and dies yeah. mm. the word asphyxiophile also famously appears in the song Dead Goon by Mr Bungle John Barry Fact! Sorry. Okay. I forgot this. He's from Yorkshire. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Michael Hutchins Fact! He's from Australia. Yeah. They, they asked um, Mike Patton to sing for In Excess, didn't they? Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. And he told him to fuck off. I mean, they did do a great cover. Mr. Bungle did cover um, I Need You Tonight. I quite like In Excess. I like that song that... Um, What's that one? I don't know. You do? You're fucking Australian, you should know. That wasn't enough to go on. What is that? That's that one! Just keep doing Elegantly wasted, that's it. Elegantly wasted. Oh, okay. There's one song I really like from In Excess. Hang on. It's because it's lesser known. So I'm going to share Does it this. go like this? We're at that part of the, at the of the podcast where it just... Notice I've been more sober in this half of the podcast, by the way. So there's a... Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm still just as blocked up. In Excess had great success with their album Kick. Just say the name of the song. But... By the time they got to their 93 album, Full Moon Dirty Hearts, they were sort of falling out of favour and people didn't care so much, but they had one song called The Gift. All right. It's got a sick chorus to it. It's actually a really good song. That sounded just just like yeah was that Selena Selena Gomez did a song recently was it her or Ariana Grande or someone did a song where she and it was just like that is such a blatant rip off of In Excess but new music where are we what do we do New music. I got some new music for you. I got some new music. Oh, yeah. Dream Widow. Oh, the Foo Fighters. Yeah. yeah. Foo Fighters playing some heavy stuff. Not quite as heavy as Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny, but still heavy, still fun. Still like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. It's fun. I, yeah, I quite dug it. The um, opening track was sick. Uh, and the second last and the last song... Because it's eight tracks. It's one about co- wind, cold wind. That's good. I like that one. I forget the names. I forget. Yeah. One, one about marching, march, march, insane marching or something. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. And I've been listening to a lot of Foo Fighters. You know, the Foo Fighters are the band I've seen 
the second most times. So I've seen Faith No More the most times, yeah. and then I've seen Foo Fighters the second most times. And not because I've strived to go out and see them on every tour. Yeah. It's just like, you know, oh, my mates, oh, should we get together? Should, what should we do? Should we go see a band or something? Oh, yeah, what, what Foo Fighters are playing? Should we get tickets for that? That type of thing. Yeah. And they're a great band to see live. They're amazing. And obviously... There's, they've had, they've suffered a huge tragic loss last week it was when uh, Taylor Hawkins has passed away and yeah it was a bit of a shock that one yeah man it was huge I was yeah it was as soon as I heard it I was just like why are you fucking kidding me but it yeah it, it sort of got to me more than I would anticipate yeah. we ended up we ended up sitting out totally that agree. night and put on just a stack of uh, Foo Fighters stuff just watched a whole yeah. lot of Foo Fighters and yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, me and Mrs. Brown did that as well. And I, I'm, I also went down a bit of a Lannis Morissette rabbit hole as well. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a pretty sad thing to to wake up to another talent lost. Yeah, well, I, I it was the middle of the day for us, and my my mate just texted a did a little group text and just wrote Taylor Hawkins sad face, and I wrote back what. And I was just like, don't don't tell me he's fucking dead. And I was, I was just, what? And my friend just wrote back, yeah, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, dude, use your words. Because he just wasn't saying anything. And then he sent a screenshot of the announcement. I was just like, fuck. Like, it's yeah. hectic. And I mean, I, I do remember he had issues with addiction in the past. He had issues with um, painkillers for some time. You know, not that I'm hypothesizing anything, but I, do, I did see a report that there were things found in his system, but have they issued a statement as to the cause of his death yet? No, no, I don't think they have. Yeah, just said it's horrible, that. horrible, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, really I'm not. I wasn't. I'm not emotionally tied to the Foo Fighters like I am to Faith No More. Um, I like a lot of their albums, like a lot of the stuff. The last few albums, I've not really bothered with. I, I maybe listened to once or twice, but they've written some fucking amazing tunes, and 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 Taylor Hawkins was an amazing player. Yeah, I know that this. Has, uh, has affected Mr. John quite a bit. I think he's, he's him or uh, Mr. John's husband are big into Foo Fighters. I think they, that kind of upset them. It's such a shame as well because, I mean, if you look at the Foo Fighters Facebook account, it was like this came out, mm. this Dream Widow thing, because I saw it, it came, it flashed up everywhere that day. I listened to it, thought, oh, that's pretty cool. The very next day, they put something up about playing at the Grammys, I think it was. Oh, okay. And then the next day, this has happened. Yeah, right. I've spoken to a few people about it, and I'm of the opinion that the Foo Fighters won't go on. I think this will be the end of the Foo Fighters. I'm not saying that Dave Grohl will do something else. Yeah. Maybe with some of the same members, but I think that because Taylor Hawkins was such a huge part of that band, I'm not sure uh, Foo Fighters exist anymore. Yeah, I had the same... The same thought. I, I, I'd be, I would be surprised to see them continue from here. And I feel so sorry for Dave Grohl because, yeah, he's lost two of his best friends. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Two band members, two best friends. I think I said a couple of episodes ago that I'd watched that Nirvana in the UK thing, and Dave Grohl had said that comment. I've, I've yet to tell my kids to explain to my kids about the death of Kurt Cobain. Mm, mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's yeah, my new huge. music. This, go out and listen to Dream Widow, if nothing else, but out of respect for the talent that was Taylor Hawkins. That closing track on that little eight-track EP, if it's an EP or an album, depending on how you view it, that closing track, it goes for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It didn't stand out to me on first listen, but it was my girlfriend's favourite when she listened. So we put it on 
that evening and um, just sat in the living room with it cranked and I, like it just moves through th- so many different riffs and sections. Mm-hmm. It's got a real like songs for the deaf, uh, actually song yeah a song for the deaf vibe. Queens of the Stone Age. It's just way yeah. More I was going to be Queens of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's I agree. really cool. Uh, and I was only going to mention that uh, if uh, anyone feels so inclined, the '96 Pink Pop Festival with Alanis Morissette, Taylor Hawkins is drumming on that, uh, and that's a mm. good watch. And the closing of the song "Wake Up," I was lucky enough to see them live in December. I, th- I looked it up, and I think it was December of '96 they played in Sydney. And um, I, I still, like, I, I remember them playing Wake Up and the ending of that and as a kid going, holy shit, that was huge. He transformed, as a drummer, he transformed Alanis Morissette's live gigs. Yeah. He added so much more to it than the previous drummer. Well, they just have a, um, they've just got such a band, a rock band vibe to them live. You know, that's a, you can see why she fit in so well with the music at that time. And mm-hmm. I think he played a huge part in that. Well, um, in terms of new music, the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers have released a new album. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's exactly a year since you forced me to do that episode on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was gearing up to try and do something special this year, but yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for you that COVID got me and weren't able to prepare something in time for April Fool's. What a shame. Yep. And I'm just going to put it on record that Chili Peppers haven't been good since the album One Hot Minute. Continue. Uh, yeah, this uh, this album. There's, there's, look, there's some good moments. A couple of good songs. There's one. There's one very juvenile title of Aquatic Mouth Dance. Keepers, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, continues to have these kind of juvenile. The, the new single's all right. New single, I forget the name of that one. Um, there's another one called... Well, actually, there's one song that I, I, I am grateful for called uh, The Great Apes, which uh, is, of course, um, Chili Peppers did that, dedicated to my band, uh, ABC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got... A, uh, it's Only Natural was the other one. These Are The Ways is the, the single. Look, there's a couple of... There's a one-way traffic I liked. There are a couple of good moments on the album... It's always when Frishani does his great backing vocals or his solos that the album really stands out. Otherwise, eh, yeah, I haven't been blown away. I just think okay. I talk about it. I haven't been blown yep. away by anything by the Chili Peppers since the album One Hot Minute. Fair enough. I was a big fan of Stadium Arcadium, but that's because that's a real Frishani album. Lots of guitar. Guitar, guitar, guitar. Yeah, you, what, what about TV? Have you got any TV to mention this week? We do that every now and again. Movies. I saw Spider-Man. Is it that good? That was all right. I want to see it. I want to see the Batman. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, even though I should have. There's been two occasions we've been supposed to go see it, and babysitters have let us down on both occasions. <sighs> We're hopefully going to see it next weekend. Mm-hmm. Dude, the, that Moon Knight. I watched the first episode of Moon Knight, Marvel, new Marvel TV show. That was wicked. Oh, yeah. Really good. It was like Deadpool meets Night at the Museum. Okay. It was fun and a bit mental mm-hmm. and a little bit Egyptian. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I wanted to mention one for you to watch, possibly, and anyone mm. out there, because it's Australian. TV show, it, it ran a few years Neighbours? ago. Uh, Is it called Neighbours? Because I've seen that. No. It's finishing, you know. It's done 3,000 yeah, episodes. 
come on, we're on the home stretch. It's called uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's called Mister In Between, and no, Mister In Between, he's like he's a family man, but he's a thug. So it's kind of oh. lives in this world of. It's got a Breaking Bad vibe to it. It's got an Ozark vibe to it, but it's Australian. It's actually considered a dark comedy. Mr. Inbetween, I want to recommend watching it. It's three, it's three, uh, season, uh, three se- seasons, yes, seasons, that's the word. I ain't got time to be sitting down and watching three seasons worth of shit, Just, man. just watch it over, me, in succession over time. time. Give it a bit of time. But it's, um, it's, look, there's a scene, there's a scene in Marrickville. There's there's a scene oh, in well, Marrickville. Oh if it's in Marrickville, the then, and I'm like, yeah. oh, I know that spot. I know mm-hmm. that spot. And then there's a mm-hmm. there's a scene where he even says to his mate, "I need your help. Oh, this kid's gone missing." Get mate. This is Summer Bay. Marrickville shops. I'm in Marrickville. It's like, yeah, it's my home, dog. Ah, oh, respect, represent. So yeah, Mister In Between. It's a good watch. It, it's like good. It's it gives you a good insight into lots of Australian colloquialisms and um, the, the dark sort of Australian humour as well. Does anybody play a didgeridoo? Nope. Does anybody have a fight with a kangaroo? Uh, there's a car accident invo- involving a kangaroo. Is there? Well, there you go then. Perfect. Is Dame Ever Everage in it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is the soundtrack by Savage Garden? Should be, but no. Beep, beep, Richie. It's time for the Chuck Stops. Chuck Stop! Beep, beep! Whoa! Well, looky what we have here. It's another edition of the Chuck Stop. I'm your host, Douglas Esper. We're going to dig right into it. We've got uh, some audio from Matt Wallace, uh, who obviously worked with Faith No More on several albums, as well as engineering uh, Chuck's final solo record. Uh, He was part of a documentary that uh, looks like it will not see the light of day, so I pulled some of the audio for your listening listening. So you could listen to it, because we're going to listen, because here you go. Listen. Let's see. So Introduce Yourself and We Care A Lot, both those are really vastly different records. Uh, We Care A Lot was initially, uh, the band got enough money together so we could go and record for three days in this place called Prairie Sun, uh, which is north of San Francisco. It's like this, it's like a fig farm or something. It was just out in the middle of nowhere. But we did this recording, and it was... uh, it was just the band paid for it, so we kind of just did what we wanted to do, and um, and it was really interesting with Chuck because I think he always had this kind of fear of maybe not performing quite well or not kind of stepping up to the plate. So invariably, sometimes he'd say how he had a cold or a flu and he couldn't sing and blah blah blah, and so I would have to kind of convince him like, dude, you're gonna be fine. You'll get him some hot tea or whatever, and. I even told him at times, I said, listen, I'm going to slow the tape machine down so you can sing. It'll be a lower key, which was really just a ruse just to get his mind to kind of shift because I, I really literally, it was like one tiny, not even a percent. And, but it, it was enough for him to kind of imagine he could sing the parts. And so I think he didn't have quite a bit of, there wasn't as much confidence during the recording aspects. I think live, obviously, he, he seemed to have a good time. But uh, it took a little bit of um, encouraging. But once he got going, I think he was really... I think he was really exceptional. I really liked um, what he did. And, and again, um, a lot of those songs I think were about... So some of the songs were about him, um, how people... Uh, some of the lyrics where he said like people said he couldn't sing at all, things like that, like the song Greed and things like... Uh, where he, uh, I think, had um, projected self-doubt or was absorbing what people had projected upon him. And I think he was always struggling with that initially. 
And um, and once we got going and he could hear himself back on the monitors and hear how good he sounded, I think he finally started to re- kind of relax a little bit. Um, because I, I was always a fan of his. I, I just really loved what he did. And I think he was, um, you know, we were working together a couple months ago and he was, I think, shocked that I was a fan of his. I mean, I was really truly a fan of what he did. You know, I said, dude, I, I love your singing. I love your lyrics. I think it's great. Tune in next time to the Chuck Stop for more exciting audio from Matt Wallace. Unless I forget to pull it, in which case it'll just be three minutes of crazy make ups Anyway, back to the Mr. John and Pseudonym Show. Featuring Jim. And Mike. Live. Sleep. Motherfuckers, that's live. That's live. This is why we win awards, because we do this shit live. <laughs> right, Faith the More News. It's all about Bill. Yay. It's all about I Bugger like Daddy Bill. Bill. Bill's my mate. Bill's released a new song. Bill has collaborated with a Chilean musician called Michel Lafranc on a song called Completo. Completo, Completo. I don't know how a Chilean would pronounce that. Um, recorded and mixed by Bill with lyrics and spoken words by LaFranc. And LaFranc is someone that I've known for quite a while. He supported the Talking Book and Chuck Mosley back in 2016 in Chile. He's quite an oddball musician, but yeah, pretty cool. Have you heard it? No, I had no idea it existed. So the second bit of Bill music, Bill and Jared Blum, aka Talking Book, they'd done a soundtrack... They've done a soundtrack to a new Serbian anti-war film called The Eclipse, which has won quite a few awards, I believe. And Jared has said that the next Talking Book album will be a release of this particular soundtrack. Just quickly, so is that is that new new music from Talking Book, or have they applied their existing... Yes, new music. Yeah, yeah. they've written a new soundtrack to cool. it. Cool, yeah. okay. Uh, and then one last thing from Bill, he joined up with members of Ramstein and Agnostic Front to record a version of the Beatles song Come Together um, with the proceeds going to people affected by the war in Ukraine. Yep. So all Bill. Yep. And that's that's the end of Faith No More news. Oh, that was really bad reporting that, wasn't it? Oh, look, it was... Oh, I'm not going right. to win another award for presenter of the year with presenting like that. Oof. Yeah. It, it, I didn't really prepare for that. I just wrote the three titles of the songs down, or the bits of music, and just thought, oh, I'll, I'll wing it, it'll be all right. So, yeah, I should have prepared better. <laughs> all right. Oh, what's next? What are we doing next? Talking, talking Are we going to do the last and... few B-sides? Oh, yeah, we're going to do the next... We're going to do the last couple of B-sides. So we've got As the Worm Turns Pattern version... We've got that small victory remix that you really like. Yeah, we've got world. World is yours. Uh, world is yours. That one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we'll talk about the seagull song too, because that's sort of that's yes, un- that's not being released. But I particularly like the world is yours. Yeah, I like the world is yours, and I like really, really like that remix of small victory. Yeah, I don't. So you can uh, you can do that. Uh, <laughs> and I do like Mike Patton's version of. As the worm turns. Uh, as the worm turns. All time but, favorite. But not as much I as the love. original. Really? But it was in your top ten, so I'll expect a lot of notes on that song from you. Yep. Oh, bet your panties. Oh, right. Are we done? Are we done for another month? Mate, I think that's it. I uh, I look forward mm. to doing this again uh, in a little while and being 
phlegm, phlegm free. You've been listening to Podcast Croissant. This is Mike. And this is Jim. And girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow. I want to be free and all the things I do are I want to be free. Just me. Oh, baby. Ew.
Spears. Who do you think wins, Bill? Bill or Jim? Oh! 